Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. Father, Father God, we just praise you and we thank you, Lord, for everything. <laughs> Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. I, I thank you for all the, the difficulties that you have brought me through. Uh, I am absolutely beyond any shadow of a doubt certain that um, I will be going through a whole lot more. And um, and I, you know, I can't say that I'm, you know, super duper happy that, and looking forward to it, but I. I, I feel in my heart that I'm starting to get the hang of it uh, a little bit, and uh, I just wanted to praise you. I wanted to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for helping each and every one of us. Some of us are still at the bottom of the mountain. Some of us are still uh, in a place where we are continuing to struggle in a significant way um, uh, to deal uh, with the the trials and the tribulations, for lack of a better term, term uh, the biblical term, trials and tribulations that we are going through uh, in these days that we don't understand why we are going through them, uh, but we uh, go through them. And Father, I just want to praise you more than ever before in my life, because in my 60 years of life, um, and uh, I would, if I was to mark the beginning of my Christian walk, which has been just checkered and, and full of humongous mistakes, surely throughout. Um, if I would mark the real beginning at, at the age of nine, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Father, in the last four years, I've never experienced anything as horrible and difficult to deal with as the things that I've gone through in the last four years. And, um, and yet when I look back on those things, Father, I just praise you because if it wasn't for those things and wasn't for having gone through, you know, having to go, have gone through them, uh, I would not, uh, um, I, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I don't even know where, where I am. That's the amazing part of it. The only thing that I can say is that I, I truly am joyful and grateful that you have brought me, and I'm, oh my goodness gracious, Father, please don't think for a second that, I, and I know that you can look in my heart and you know this is true, that I've arrived, because I haven't. 
but I can definitely see noteworthy progress. I don't understand it. I think I think very carefully and very humbly and very, very carefully, I think that maybe some of the steps or processes or practices that I have implemented in my walk uh, are something that I can share with others, and I pray that it blesses others and helps them in their journey. Um, it has been a humongous, it's been so hard, words cannot even begin to describe, and it's a kind of a miracle uh, that, well, it is indeed a miracle that I'm where I am right now, and, well, not, I mean, I should be dead. I should be dead for sure. Maybe even with uh, tubes coming in and out of my body in a, in, in, in a, in a, in a what do they call that? A hospice. Uh, having gone through the things that, you know, that you have brought me through. And if it wasn't for the prayers of the saints, if it wasn't for my prayers, my, my determination as well, uh, I, I think I'd be dead I, or at least uh, in a hospice somewhere with some kind of tubes coming in and feeding tubes or something. Because, uh, Father, I see the miracles that have occurred. I see the times that you have saved my life, even in the last in the last year. And um, I, I'm, I'm blown away, befuddled, shocked without words, uh, stupefied. And I praise you and I thank you because without that journey, I wouldn't be where I am, which I don't know where that is, but I know it's at a better place. And I pray that um, this journey that I have gone through is one which I can convey over time through the program, what's left of it uh, in the days that we have ahead of us, uh, that, uh, that, that can help others, that can help others along their difficult journeys as they struggle with the things that perhaps you have placed in their lives to struggle with. Uh, all of us clearly beyond any shadow of a doubt, no doubt about it, at least the ones that have communicated with me in regard to their struggles uh, are certainly going through struggles that are hyper unique to their individual lives. They have challenges with their families. There are key members of their families. There are key situations that they're going through. Some of them are health. Some of them are mental health. Some of them are their jobs. Some of them are other situations, spouses and things like that, behaviors that are just utterly unacceptable and unbelievable that they're even occurring, but they are. Um, and some of the, the trials and tribulations that people are going through are, uh, but they're all unique. That's the key is they're all utterly, 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 utterly unique to each one of our individual life situations. And that makes them, it's almost like, Father, you have catered our chastening and you have catered, uh, customized our testing uh, in our refiner's fire. So much so that each one of us has this preordained package of ugly that we have to go through and walk through and learn to navigate through it um, in order to bring us to the place that wherever that place is, we don't even know where that place is. But certainly if we were to base it entirely upon your word, Lord Jesus, you are the word, uh, that then it would indicate that wherever it is that you are bringing us is to a place of grace, a place of humility, a place of absolute, unadulterated, pure trust. I see in my life, and I pray that I can help others in Jesus' name to come a little bit closer to maybe the direction that you have blessed me in. Uh, and I, again, Father, please don't 
not even for, uh, please look upon my heart and know that I know that I have not arrived and that I'm not even close to arriving. But I praise you for the tiny, the itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, infinitesimally small bit of progress that I can see and that has helped me in my life and the place that I've come to realizing that I have I have work to do. I've got to take the reins. Uh, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not Jesus does all things for me who strengthens me, but I and you, the listeners, we have to take that charge. We have to do the things that we are expected to do. We have to follow the word. We have to understand the word of God. We have to read the word of God. We have to embrace the word of God. We have to become the word of God. And it is us, not Jesus, who does it for us. He helps us. Amen. But it is us through our prayer, us through our praise. And if we are truly trusting you and we are truly praising you through the dark times with real joy, real joy, because we know that we have already overcome. When we see in our lives that we are so desperately in horrible situations, I mean, our situation is so ugly, so bad, so utterly desperate that Everything in our life is falling apart. Everything. And our, our, our tendency is to cry out, oh, God, oh, God, please help me. I must get fleeces of prayers. Oh, I must get as many people as I can to pray with me to get me through this. But, Father, we praise you because you're bringing us to a place, slowly but surely, to understand that when we get into that, that frame of mind, it is a, an overt demonstration before Satan of our lack of faith. That if we truly believe that you are going to answer our prayers, then we would be joyful, truly joyful. If we truly believe that you are going to grow out our leg, say our leg is bitten off by a dog at the knee, and we truly believe that you were going to heal our leg in a miracle, we would be jumping for joy. And we would be praising you and saying, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus, for healing my leg, even though we don't see our leg. Help us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name to come to that place where we are truly joyful because we know that you're going to heal our leg. And we know that you're going to heal our children. We know that you're going to save their souls. We know that the things that we ask for, you're going to give us. We believe it, and we're praising you in advance, and we're doing it with true joy because we know it. We really, really do know it, and we are truly happy, even though we don't see it. Thank you, Father, for teaching us that that is where we need to be walking to truly have trust in you to get that divine peace, which is promised us all throughout the scripture, Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8, um, primarily 4, 6, and especially 7, and Isaiah 26, 3, and so many other places in the scripture. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you, Father. Oh, Father, if we can all only come to that plateau and maintain that plateau. That is my greatest fear. And Father, you know that in my heart is that somehow I'll lose my balance. Somehow the difficulties, perhaps I have so much more testing to go through and so many, and maybe all of us do. 
Maybe all of us do have a lot more testing because it's through those tests that we learn. And sometimes the volume, the magnitude, the horror associated with some of those tests, the, the, mag, the, 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 the humongousness of the difficulty, the trial and the tribulation, has to, the volume has to be turned up so high to bring us to that next level where it becomes so much more difficult to believe. And let us, Father, each one of us in our journey, come to that place, each plateau at a time, every level of the darkness that we have to go through in our walk. Allow us, Father, to gracefully move to that greater level of trust, that greater level of knowing that greater level of faith where we are truly joyful because we know it might take a while, but we know. We praise you because we know you are going to answer those prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't even know where to begin. Um, it's really interesting when you come to this strange plateau that I am sitting at, at right now in my walk. Um, and I don't fully comprehend it, but it does. It is definitely in alignment with with what I have been praying for, for 
wow, <laughs> like four years. But the change now, for those of you who are regular listeners of the program, you will remember me talking about cognitive behavioral therapy, CBTs. Um, and then I equate, what I do is I equate um, earthly learning with godly learning. And I map it back over to the Bible. So I get blessed by um, reading books of witticisms and wisdoms, and it doesn't matter who they give credit for. They can give credit to Buddha all they want. I don't care because I know it wasn't Buddha because I know my Bible well enough that I can read any witticism. And I see it in Proverbs. I see it in Psalms. I see it in the Bible because what came first, the chicken or the egg? God. So Satan has no... Like they do, this is the one thing that Georgianity definitely has right. When they say that Satan has no original ideas, boy, oh boy, did they nail that one. Praise God. Now, that's the one thing they definitely got right. And, um, and it's true. And so through this vivid, challenging, tormenting journey of my own personal life, uh, particularly over the last uh, four years, um, I with the greatest fear of God, I share with you and have been over the last mm, four radio shows, I think, give or take, um, how it seems to me, and I, like I say, I'm looking over my shoulder while I'm saying this, by the way. I'm waiting for a giant tree to smash through my house and crush me into the ground as I'm saying it. Okay, because God has a way as he's refining you. And I know we've all, you know, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us have probably been at one time or another to some kind of a revival or some kind of a, a service, or, especially when if you're in churchianity, when you're going to hear something like this, you're going to hear it when they bring in a missionary to give testimony of, you know, hey, they were traveling through, you know, the Democratic Republic, you know, the DRC, or they were traveling through Egypt or whatever, wherever it was they were at. And they'll tell you some, you know, or someplace in South America, and they'll tell you an amazing testimony, and you'll be like, wow. I mean, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a believer, you know, you'll be like utterly, 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 utterly blown away. And, um, uh, and I have been many, many times. I've seen miracles all throughout my life. But, you know, the thing about it is they can tell you bunches and bunches of times. I probably heard the story oh, well over 100 times from different missionaries and different uh, testimonies of Christians over the years, how they would say that God would break them down, crush them, and then in order to build them back up again. I, I guarantee I've heard that testimony 100 times or at least 100 different people over my, over my walk as a Christian. And, uh, and for me, it, 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 you know, that's a part of the walk that I've never actually had to go through. Okay. I heard them saying it all the time. Well, God will break you down. He will crush you. He will refine you in order to build you back up into a new person. At least 100 times, I promise. I, I, I guarantee it had to be at least 100 times. Had to be. I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. But again, how do, how do you remember or recollect, you know, over the course of, you know, 50 years of time, how do you recollect all of that? I just feel in my heart it's got to have been at least 100 times because it's a very popular um, part of many, many, many super Christian testimonies. I'm not talking about average Christians. I'm not talking about pew sitters. I'm talking about people that are in the you know, out there in the ministry, out there walking around in uh, Nigeria or whatever, you know, doing their semi-Mwangi thing. 
they almost invariably have those types of uh, you know testimonies. And one of them that is a predominant, repetitive, continuous testimony from virtually the vast majority of any of them that are out serving God is that one where they say that God will crush you down, he'll rip you apart, he'll take away all your stuff, he'll crush, 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 bam, 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 crush, 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 refiner's fire, refiner's fire, bash, bash, crush, crush, crush. And and then you're sitting there listening to him, and you know you really can't relate. I mean, at least I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to because it never happened to me. You know, it's fascinating how we'll all shake our heads and, you know, we'll be like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, I get it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We'll raise our hands. We'll stand up and give Lord the praise and worship. We'll, we'll say, give Jesus all the prayer, all the praise. Thank you, Father, because we'll be hearing the testimony. You know? But we really, well, we think we're getting it, but, but you don't get stuff until you actually go through it. That's the thing. It's, I use the I, I I don't know if it's an I guess it's an analogy or whatever but I use the uh, uh, the analogy of you know hey somebody can tell you that they have a particular sickness and they feel really really terrible and you can say oh man you know you can empathize with them all that kind of stuff but you really truly do not know how they feel. When they say they're getting migraines all the time and it's incapacitating to them and it's, you know, or they have some kind of a disease or whatever, and you're trying to, you're praying for them and you, you feel sad for them. You're an emotional and you really do feel sad for them. You have a lot of compassion, but you don't know how they feel. You really don't. And it's it, similarly, you this testimony that you'll get all throughout your life, you know, as a Christian, you know, if you've been in the Christian walk a large part of your life and you've listened to lots of testimonies, and you've been to a lot of churches and whatever the case is, you know, throughout your walk over, you know, especially if it's 30, 40, 50 years like myself, then you have heard that testimony an untold number of times. But you still don't get it. You think you do. I thought I did. I really did. I really thought I did. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You don't know until you experience it. You have to go through the crushing. You have to be smashed, punched, pulverized. Uh, you know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I can sit here and do five hours of testimony and, and give all the gruesome details of all the things that I've had to go through since like uh, the, uh, the uh, second half of 2017 and then it deeply into 2018 because it continued. The bad things that were happening to me continued to be badder and badder and worser and worser, if there are such words, which there aren't, but I'm going to make them up anyway because I can. I'm a consultant. I'm allowed to make up words and then charge you extra money for it. That's what we do. Hallelujah. All right. But anyway, um, uh, and I'm flying out tomorrow super duper early, which, of course, is a three-hour show because Zen can't, can't join us until nine. I, I, I hope we got a confirmation from Zen, but I honestly don't know because Sister Nancy is so utterly overwhelmed with her challenges right now. Everybody's getting the, the pants beat off of them. I don't know if that's that's a bad analogy. Everybody is just getting everyone I know. I, I I don't know. I don't talk to anybody on the phone. I don't I don't talk to anybody on the phone over uh, Hangouts, text messenger, Google Chat, over Facebook uh, Messenger, over email. Not a one Christian. Not a one contacts me nowadays and says, "Wow, things are going great. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus." <laughs> not a one. Now, there are a few that are kind of going through life like ho dee do dee do kind of things. They, they are the typical evangelical Christians that, well, they don't know what's going on. They just are completely clueless, and they're no danger whatsoever to the devil at all. 
But the ones that are a danger to the devil, they have the bayonet strapped on their spiritual rifles, as it were, and they're charging into Satan's camp, and they're using spiritual warfare, and they're good prayer warriors. Yeah, they're going through some boy, oh boy, are they going through some tough stuff. And so, um, you know, uh, and of course, uh, Satan, more than anything, wants to take out this radio show. Oh, I, I <laughs> if you could see the state of the Golden JIB studios right now with my main shelf, and I, I, some, some people have heard this testimony already, and I'll keep it short. But um, I have I mounted a shelf along the side of all of the technologies. Now you get the, the technologies are vast. It includes terabytes of storage. It's it's vast. It's really vast. It's a big you know it's eleven years of investments. Mixers, wires, cables, schmables, headphones, uh, power mute. You know just the thing that I use to mute, mute my mic cost over three hundred dollars. I kid you not, because it's it's made for a special type of studio mic. And, um, it's, you know, it's the kind of thing that Van Halen would use, you know, to step on it to mute the microphones on stage. It's that level of quality because the problem is when you're using professional-grade equipment, it unfortunately, it it's picky. It's just picky stuff, and it sucks in every noise and vibration and every electronic gizmo and every, you know, person out there on a walkie-talkie. It just bleeds into the wires, and you got to understand how to, you know, have to understand ground loops, and you got to use, you know, all kinds of things. There's just gizmos and gadgets and widgets and all kinds of things that you have to wire up. Well, guess what? I have like this shelf that I mounted where I put. Oh, my goodness gracious sakes alive. I have like about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, including the entire Wi-Fi system that connects the house and allows me to do my job, my day, my day job. So anything that Satan can do, okay, to take me out, he does. And I mean, he really, 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 really does. So I came in the other day, and the entire shelf that is that, that literally is supporting the entire radio show, the sound panel, the sound effects board, uh, just the Wi-Fi for the house, the whole deal, the mic boom, you name it, every single piece. The only thing that wasn't sitting on that shelf is the Yamaha mixer. And the shelf goes, and it's like right now I have it propped up out of pure faith. I have a an eight terabyte hard drive that's jammed underneath the shelf to prop it up because I got to fly to Atlanta for a job thing. It's the first time I've gotten on an airplane in over a year, which, of course, you know, you get out of practice. You know, when you're flying all the time, you have a routine and you can literally get up. You know, like one hour before you have to be at the airport and you go, you, you just walk in your closet, grab a group of cl – I mean, if you're really good at traveling, you have a routine down that is – it is like um, military. It's Navy SEALs-like. And you go up, you salute the air, you go over to your closet, you grab a chunk of things, you go fold, flip, flat, flip, flat, flip, flat, throw them in your travel row. Push, push, push. You take a quick inventory. Yes, there's my belt. Here's a couple of socks. I need this, these socks, these socks. I'm going to be wearing this. Okay, got it. You check, check. Um, you know, got my dress shoes. There they are. It is so military. Right down to the medications, right down to your blood pressure meds, right down to every single thing. And now with the COVID stuff, you have to also have your hydro hydroxychloroquine tablets so that you can take one of those a day. You've got to have your colloidal silver in your special little two-ounce bottles because, heaven forbid, you might be a terrorist. And, you know, all these other things that have to be filled up and done in advance. 
and they got to be in clear plastic, TSA certified. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. So the only way you can keep um, keep it together is you've got to have a routine, and that routine's got to be absolutely unimpeachable. It's got to be perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, but then it, then you throw in, you know, the, the shelves crashing down. Well, get this. <laughs> get this. You're going to love it. So if all that isn't good enough, you know, because I can't even get up, a, you know, right now because of the, the broken state of the studio equipment right now, I'm not even able to go to the restroom during a, a multi-hour show. This is a three-hour show tonight because, you know, like I was saying, because, you know, anyway, so anyway, I can't even get up and go and do a bio break. Okay, in the middle of three hours. I'm 60 years old, man. I can't go very long with you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, so I, I, no, because I can't hear what's going on on the program because all the wires are broken. I don't have any studio monitors anymore. The only way I can hear what's going on on the program is to have my headphones on, which is absolutely just not the way you ought to do it. It needs to have studio monitors so that if you need to leave the room over the three-hour period for any reason – you know, whatever it may be, and there's thousands of them. The other night, I, I at 2 o'clock in the morning, I hear this banging sound coming out of my backyard, and it – I was – oh, I was like – oh, I – but I didn't freak out. Now, as I give you each – as I mention all of these things that in, just literally in the last couple of days that I'm, I'm going through – Oh, and boy, I'm leaving out a lot. If I told you the whole story, it would take up the entire show. But I'm just going to stick with the big, the big items in the last 48 hours, <laughs> maybe 72. Okay, because if I go back any further or I include every little detail, you'd be like, okay, this guy ought to be committed. Somebody better. Let's call the White Coats. Maybe we should get some psychiatric care for this guy. You wouldn't believe it. But I'll just stick with the big heavy hitters. So anyway, so one of them was I, I'm like, bam, 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 bam. Boom, king, clang, boom, bam, boom, boom. I'm not joking you. I am not exaggerating. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't even remember what day it was. It might have been 2 o'clock in the morning Saturday morning, 2 o'clock in the morning Sunday morning. I don't remember. Because you're in a fog at that hour if you're sleeping at all, which I try very hard to do because when I don't sleep, I bump into walls. I can't form sentences, and then I get in front of billion-dollar customers, and they're like, what's the matter with this guy? They call the sales guy. The sales guy escalates to my VP, and then you know, my job is on the line. That's just how it is. So, um, you know, I got to get some sleep. So anyway, so it's like, boom, bang, 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 ching, ching, bang, bang. And I'm like going, oh, my gosh, what are there, Chinese soldiers that just parachuted out of the sky? What is this, Red Dawn for crying out loud? But you know what I was then? I was kind of cold, calm, and collected, and I thought, well, you know what? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm just going to have to go out in the backyard and see, you know, what kind of soldiers out there smashing my backyard to bits. Okay, so I calmly, while this is happening, boom, ching, bang, boom, boom, bang, bang, bing, bang. I mean, it was so loud, you wouldn't believe it. And I know my neighbors would be like on the phone to the police. And then next thing you know, I got the sheriff at the door. Uh, we had a sound ordinance complaint because here in Hillsborough County, Tampa, there is no it, – it, it doesn't have to be a certain loudness. If you annoy your neighbors, they can call the Hillsborough County Sheriff, and they will come to your door. It doesn't matter. If you annoy your neighbor for any reason, then it's significant enough for them to send the police. Simple as that. There's no has to be this much. It doesn't have to be a certain audible level or any of that kind of stuff. There's none of that in Hillsborough County, Florida. It's literally, hey, that person bothers me. I am going to call the police and they will dispatch a Hillsborough County sheriff to your door at two o'clock in the morning because you're making too much noise. It's just that simple. 
So, bing, bang, boom, boom, pow, I'm like going, oh my gosh, what is that? And um, so I'm just very calmly, I'm sitting there and putting on my sneakers, putting on my socks, because I can't stand to put on sneakers without socks, and um, and all that, and, you know, and I'm like all groggy, and can I like still, call? okay. And I knew, of course, this is going to wake up my dogs, and they're going to think it's time to eat, and uh, it's just, it just throws off all the schedules and all that kind of, but that's okay. Sorry, sorry, no problem. Shelves broken, radio shows busted, things are hanging on. I've got things propped up. If you know, I don't even know if they'll still be standing at all. I could come home to an entire entire caved-in situation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I'm believing that the Lord's going to hold it together for me. But in the middle of this bang, bang, ching, 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 I, I put on and then I go ahead and I just think I'm like, ah, well, whatever, whatever happens with the dogs happens with the dogs. You know, if they want to stay up all night, all, all morning, and you know, ruin my next day, and I, you know, whatever. But I was calm, went downstairs, walked out into the backyard with my flashlight, and a frog, <laughs> a frog had, I guess, slipped and fallen into my air, ha- I don't, it's not an air handler, it's the compressor, you know, it's one of the two, I got two two-ton ton compressors, uh, and uh, they have these giant fans in them, okay, and <laughs> this frog well, I guess Jesus decided to take the frog home, except if, when the frog <laughs> slipped and fell into this, you know, machine, uh, this air conditioning compressor machine thing. Uh, it was getting slammed around inside as the blades of the fan are going like they're like it's like a C-130 these things, and it is really. And anyway, it's it's uh, that's what it was. It was a frog. So um, I'm standing there thinking to myself, all right, now what am I going to do? Because there's all this encasement in metal, and I can't – it's not like – I can't just like reach in and grab the frog. Well, praise the Lord while I'm standing there trying to reason how I'm going to get the frog off this – you see 130 blade it's and i'm like and i'm going like okay what am i how am i going to fix this what am i going to do to get this frog out of here and then all of a sudden the ac cut off because i guess it cooled the house down enough at that moment the fan stops turning and what was left of the pulverized frog falls down into the bottom of the compressor system Okay, and I'm sitting there looking at it going, oh, well, problem solved. <laughs> so I turn around and I go back upstairs. I, you know, take off my socks and everything, and then I, I get back in the bed and praise Jesus. The dogs went back on the bed and they went back to sleep. And I got, I don't know, maybe four more hours of sleep. Praise the Lord because I needed it. But that was that was that. Okay, so then, so then I needed this this. I've been desperately praying fervently, super duper fervently, hyper, hyper fervently for some additional help around the house. Now, if you're in a bad frame of mind when you're in prayer for something, it works against you. And I've tried to preach this to people and tried to teach them through my own testimonies and Bible verses because I want to help people. That's the only reason I did, I started this program 11 years ago in the first place. It's not about tithes and offerings and PayPal buttons and all that other stuff. I don't care about any of that. Okay, my agreement with the Lord was, hey, Father, if you can please keep me employed, I will – I promise I'm going to show up for work as much as I possibly can. Now, i got to do a Best of Show Wednesday. I can't help it because that my employer is forcing me to play the you know, game with them 
you know, it's the corporate game. Hey, we're all one for all. It's the three musketeers. And we not only do we have to go through all this stuff and uh, during the day and uh, but, you know, and during the night, you got to be one of us, one of the pals, one of the buddies and go out to dinner with us and pat everybody on the back and shake hands and become our friends. You know, team building, you know what I mean? Team building. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking to a guy who's like in bed by eight o'clock every night or nine o'clock, usually nine thirty, nine thirty, ten 9 30, 10 at the latest. And so these guys are going to want to stay up. And I, and if I don't work and play well with others, guess what happens to me? Okay. I hope you know. That. Now, if you don't understand how the big four KPMG, PwC, Anderson Consulting, Accenture, uh, you know, those types of companies, Ernst & Young and Deloitte, if you don't know how they operate inside, then you don't you maybe don't get what I'm talking about. But if you don't if you're not one of the clone robot members, you know, ooh, you have a bad attitude. Once you get labeled as having a bad attitude, not being a team player, you might as well just go ahead and start packing your bags. Your time is limited. They will find a reason to get rid of you. As a matter of fact, a lot of those types of companies that are similar to the one that I work for are um their their attitude is up or out. Okay, so you're either climbing the ladder They'll put together this plan for you. It doesn't matter if you're 60, 65, or if you're 30, or whatever, if you're 22. It doesn't matter what age you are. They will put together a plan for your corporate growth, and you have to follow their little plan and take all of their training classes, and they track every little thing that you do. They check all of the boxes, and you got to do it all with a smile on your face, and if you sound even the slightest bit grumpy – or sound like you just didn't have time to get something done, or whatever the case may be, they look at it as an attitude problem. And then you're labeled. And when you're labeled, they're planning on getting rid of you. They may not come right out and say it right away, but they are. I see see people disappearing all the time. (laughs) It's just how it is. So anyway, um, and I, you know, and it's okay. I'm not complaining. Praise God. You know, it's, I already know that it's a miracle that I even have a job. It's, it's absolutely such a miracle that I could – that's another thing. I give two hours of testimony on just the miracles that prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that I wouldn't even have a job if it wasn't for the Father. His hand is in that. Now, um, but, you know, we learn. We have thick heads. We can look back on our lives and see an endless stream of impossible miracles. And still have doubts in our heart that that leg is going to grow back. Why do you suppose that is? But it is. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. And so we have to fight past it is what it is. We have to fight past it. That's faith. Faith and trust in God is earned. Now, some people may miraculously receive it as a gift. I don't know. I can't testify that. I have no experience with that whatsoever. But what I can tell you is in my walk, and I've seen this also in the case of other people's walks as well, is it's learned. You know, the renewing of your mind is an act of your own doing. Jesus doesn't come down with Gabriel and, you know, lights. It's in a gigantic heavenly epiphany with an innumerable company of angels, and you have a huge vision, and all of a sudden you have faith to move mountains. It just doesn't work like that. It's a journey, and it's a hard journey. So, you know, so anyway, I've been praying fervently for help because I need it. You know, come to the conclusion that the Lord wants me to be alone, and I, whatever, I'm fine with it. But it is 
it doesn't work when you got to travel. Especially when you have two dogs that are like the most kennel unfriendly dogs in the entire world. They're I'm not going to get into that. That's another 45 minutes of testimony. But my my dogs are utterly the most un they're kennel unfriendly as you can get. So kenneling them is not even an option. Not to mention that the cost of kenneling is fabulous. It's just absolutely. There's no point in me having a job. It's like it's that paradigm where you you hear a husband talking about his wife and he says, "Well, if my wife goes back to work, we are actually going to lose $200 a month just from paying daycare, so she might as well not even work at all." It's the same thing for me and my dogs. If they travel me enough and I have to kennel them that often, then I might as well not even have a job because all my money's going to go into the kennel. So it's an interesting quandary. And um uh so and so when you live alone and you got to do all this stuff and and deal with all of these challenges, um uh you, you know, you, you need help. You've got to have help. I've even thought about running ads uh, in the local uh, – they have these little applets and stuff. One's called Neighborhood, and I was going to run an advertisement in Neighborhood and just say, is there anybody out there that's over 50 years old that is desperate, needs a place, you know, needs a room to stay in, free room and board – or you no, know, not board, but free room – uh, you know, buy, you know, all you got to do is buy your own food. I'll give you some food if you need, you know, if you need help with food. But you know, help me around the house. Watch my dogs for me. You can have the spare bedroom, free, free rent, free rent. I was thinking about doing that because that's how, you know. And then anyway, long story short, I ran across this woman. Her name is Lori. Turns out she's a big time Christian, spiritual warfare, all that kind of stuff. She finally, after weeks of trying, I, I am not joking, no exaggeration, literally three m- weeks. 21 days of praying, communicating with this woman periodically over, uh, hey, I'm sorry that we missed our, you know, you were supposed to meet me here, but you missed it. Oh, I'm so sorry. My phone broke and this and I, I'm beginning to think it's never going to happen because of the amount of times that we were supposed to meet up that it failed. And I thought, well, either her heart isn't in it. She's overwhelmed and has too many customers, but it ain't working. And can I trust that individual to, to help me watch the house, to house sit and take care of my dogs while I'm traveling? You know, because that's one of the many, many things that this particular woman does. Okay, she's a whatever. She's a widow, and this is her job. She she is a house helper. She calls herself a professional organizer, and she can do drywall and all kinds of things. You know, she's like you know Tim the Toolman Taylor kind of thing. Anyway, um, so finally, after 21 days of praying and trying to get in touch with this woman, I sent her a text, and I said, listen, I I actually put it in the text message, and I said, listen, I am flying out Monday morning, first thing for three days. Do you want to sit my house? I I made it very professional. And she said, uh, long story short, she said, I think I might be able to spare a little bit of time to stop by your house and meet your dogs on Saturday. And I said, okay. And sure enough, uh, Saturday came, and it was 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Now, you got to understand, I get up very early. So by now, half the day is gone. Over six, seven, eight hours of the day has gone for me because I'm in a very early, excuse me, riser. Praise Jesus. So, um, so I'm thinking, oh, she ain't going to make it. That, that I've already made up my mind that she is not going to be making it because I had not heard from her, and it is now 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon. And to me, that says she ain't coming, right? But about the time that I had settled that she wasn't going to show up, I get a text and she says, hey, I'm on my way out there. 
Oh, no, no, no. This time she called and she said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm on my way out there. And I was I was shocked. I was really surprised. And uh, I said, oh, OK, great, great. Uh, yeah. Uh, stuttering kind of thing, you know. Well, sure enough, she pulls up and um, uh, she, she actually calls her 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 website is called Lady MacGyver or whatever, because she she really can. She's like Tim the Tool Man Taylor. No kidding. She knows how to use sawzaws and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm still figuring out how to use that stuff. And she, she's like she's like looking at it going, oh, wow, these are battery operated. These are nice. You know, <laughs> like giving her a tour of the garage and everything. Well, I had this pork roast that I had put inside the refrigerator because I was going to cook it in, in my instant pot for my keto diet, which I blow every week, uh, you know, and I got to get, I got to really get tough on myself on that. But anyway, that's another story. It's hard to do before you're going to go on a, this forced uh, trip I have to go on to and play and work and eat and pretend like I'm a normal person. And I'm not, I'm not like any of the people that I'm going up to meet with, except maybe one of them that I know is a pretty good Christian. But anyway, that's a whole new story. But anyway, she shows up. And um, I thought in this pork roast, and I'm like, I, I said, uh-oh, you know, I'm leaving on Monday. I can't leave this in the refrigerator. I'll go bad. I need to put this in the freezer. So I go out, and she follows me out there, and she's looking around, you know, trying to get, get acclimated to the place and where everything is located. And um, uh, I, I said, well, there's not enough room in, in this freezer. So um, – and she goes, oh, yes, there is. And she, she goes in, and she starts, you know, just – rearranges everything. You're like moving it around like some kind of a crazy person. Next thing you know, I've got like all this additional room in this freezer. And I'm like, oh, wow. Well, thank you. And I uh, stuck the pork roast in the freezer. And, 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 you know, but, but then I went over to the, the full-size commercial freezer. It's a six-foot tall, uh, truly, truly commercial freezer. It actually says commercial on it and all that. And, um, uh, and I opened it up to because uh, I was going to move something over to it. Uh, this was actually before I saw that she had rearranged the space for the other one. But anyway, that, that's beside the point. And when I pulled open the door of the commercial freezer, now remember, the, this is 72 hours. Shelf crushed, wires disconnected, no monitor speakers for the radio show, didn't even know if it was going to operate at all. Got to wear my headphones, all that stuff. That, you know, Couldn't get in touch with her, have no idea what I'm going to do. I'm just trusting God that I'm going to have somebody to watch the house. I, hey, I'm not going to let it worry me. Second that you let it worry you, it's an act of unbelief. Then it's a sin. And then Satan says to the Lord, look, he does not even believe in his own prayers. He has no faith. Now you have canceled out your blessing. And that's what I was doing for years, canceling out my own blessing. Because I would get frustrated with my situation. And then Satan, of course, God would allow, because he tests us, this is part of the breaking us down and to build us back up, God would allow worser and worser, and yes, I'm making up words, worser and worser and worser things to happen to me to continue to break me down even more. But it was my job to know the word and to act upon the word. And so I did. And I executed with SEAL Team 7 precision, praise. And I started to praise God, praise God, thank him, because I knew he was going to answer my prayers, and, I, and it restored joy, because I already knew he was going to answer them. But I really did. I really did. I believed it. If you don't believe it, it ain't going to work. you got to believe it. I open up the six-foot-tall freezer, and I remember the other things that already happened, you know, so I should be at, be at my wit's end at this point. But I'm glad that she showed up and, you know, that kind of thing. Pull open the six-foot-tall commercial freezer, 
everything is thawed out and it stinks like a dead human body in there. Black flies, the whole deal is just absolutely horrible. And I'm looking at it, and you know, I didn't freak out. I didn't drop any F-bombs. <laughs> I didn't. I just looked at it and thought to myself, I said, I looked over at her, and with a completely calm tone of voice, I said, well, that looks like a total loss. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, yeah, yeah. And then all, and she goes, before I can even get a word out of my mouth, she's already gone out and, you know, out into the driveway, grabbed one of the big Hillsborough County, uh, you know, official, uh, you know, they have rolly wheels on them, the big, you know, trash cans that the, the, the mechanical arms of the trucks pick up. Now, if you're in Alabama, you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, know, if you're in a city area and they have the, you know, the more advanced stuff, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, she went out, grabbed one of those, pulled it over, and she's just like going, she's just reaching into the refrigerator and just throwing stuff into this can. Whomph, whomph. I mean, just, you know, chicken legs, giant chickens, chicken, uh, you know, uh, beef, you know, uh, boxes of hamburger, uh, individual hamburgers, you know, uh, hams, very expensive, Kunzler hams. I mean, you know, that were all the plastic was all blown up around them because, you know, they were going, they were rotting. And she's just like throwing into the trash can, throwing into the trash can. She had that entire commercial freezer emptied in probably about 90 seconds. <laughs> I kid you not. And I'm like sitting there. My eyes are just like bulging out in shock because like she's like working at the speed of a whirlwind and thrown and, th and then she slams the lid shut pulls the the uh the trash can on its wheels over to its little place <clears throat> and we close the freezer and, I, and i'm like well i guess i'll have to figure out if the freezer's working and i'll you know start from scratch Anyway, long story short, we completed the tour of the house. I had the teacher, my house is home automation all the way. It's all electronic, and uh, you got to use voice control to control the light. So I had to train her on how to do that and all that kind of stuff. And she, learns very, she learned very quick. So it was all good, and the dogs love her. So, she's, so we're going to do the trial run this uh, tomorrow morning. Okay, I'm going to be on the plane, and she'll be showing up here to take care of the puppy dog. She has all the codes and everything, and she's a, she's a Christian. She really is a Christian. She was walking through the house and seeing all the Jesus signs. She saw the Jesus signs in the bedroom. She saw the Jesus pictures. Uh, she saw the uh, – I, mean, I I have some really, really – I'm blessed with some incredible artwork. I mean, <laughs> really, I have some artwork that – like there's one right beside me called Holy Encounter by James Nesbitt. It's – it'll make – it'll blow you away. You'll look at that and go – Whoa, that is gorgeous. And it is. It really is. And she was walking into all the rooms, seeing all these Jesus things and just flipping out, just gushing. So um, anyway, that was good. Um, and then I realized this morning, as I'm laying and rolling around in bed, I thought to myself, oh, my gosh. And it hit me. Was it the Holy Spirit? Probably so. Probably so. But it's like. It was like um, 5:30 a.m. because I like to try to sleep in a little bit on Sundays. I don't, I don't, I'm not churching entity at all. And um, I and uh, like 5:30 a.m. and it, it, I could not get back to sleep. It was, I was being pummeled in my spirit. John, you gotta. I, I even sent a text message to Bobby to come over and help me because I knew that I had to transfer all that rotten meat into bags. Because if I just left it sit as it was thrown directly into the can. By Tuesday in Florida, with the heat and the 93, 97 degree sun beating down on it, that would 
pretty much every single person in my cul-de-sac would be sure that I was Jeffrey Dahmer and I was eating people. Because rotten meat inside of a trash can in 90-degree Florida humidity will emanate a dead person body smell that will roll like a sandstorm down your entire cul-de-sac. And every single person will know. They'll see the giant swarm of black flies. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I am going to have to go down there with big trash can bags and I'm going to have to take every chunk of that meat Everything of chicken legs, every bag, every everything, all the roasts, and I'm going to have to one by one by one, I am going to have to lift each one of them out of that giant green can and put it into smaller uh, black glad bags. But I've got to be I've got to use a lot of them because it's really super heavy and it'll rip at the bottom and I won't be able to lift it back in later. So I had to make lots of little ones, and then I had to put them into a giant. Uh, they have these contractor bags that are so thick it would take like three Hulk Hogan's to rip them apart, and I have some of those. So I like double bagged them. But then they were you know when I put two of the smaller ones inside the big heavy duty you know Hulk Hogan bags, um, I was like oh my gosh they're too heavy I can't get them back in the trash can bag. And I, so I had, I realized I had to split them into two of the cans. Fortunately I have two. Everybody only gets one for free. But I paid extra to get an extra authorized Hillsborough County can because they have to be they have to have a microchip it's got to be authorized by Hillsborough County so I paid years ago I paid for a second one thank you Jesus and so thank God I did because here's the thing the mechanical arm on the dump truck can't lift that much weight guess what happens when the mechanical arm can't lift the weight that's in the trash can they leave it now I've got that stuff all the dead people smell in the can for a whole nother week to smolder. Well, another four days. Actually, it would be more than that because I'm in Atlanta. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, so long story short, I'm out there very calmly. I've got uh, surgical gloves on. So I'm, you know, I don't have that stuff, that, that smell that just, you know, embeds itself in your flesh. And um, uh, I, I just stood out there and, oh, gosh, I was so tired because I had to – I got – you know, once I got everything in those giant Hulk Hogan bags, I had to, like, grab it with all of my might, all of my might, and lift it up and get it with all my might, hugging it like a, like I was picking up a – well, a dead body, and and but you know, it was meat, and I had to like drop it into these cans, but I had to split it up fifty-fifty across the two cans because otherwise it would have been too heavy for the truck to get. And then I got double jeopardy problem. And I'm doing this when the sun is barely coming up, and then I had to pull the hose out and squirt everything down because I had to clean the inside of the trash can because I had. Uh, let me tell you something: when that stuff hits that trash can, let me tell you, black flies will come from parts unknown. They'll fly from Egypt to come to your house. <laughs> I don't even know where that, but they will, especially here in Florida. So anyway, um, and these things are giant. I mean, they're like the size of a quarter of these things, and they just appear out of nowhere. So anyway, I, I went through all that. All these things happened within the last 72 hours. She shows up. She's going to want – it's like it's like the answer to a prayer because it's not just – it's not the house sitting only. It's all the other stuff that I need help with that she can do. 
Praise the Lord, because it's extremely hard to find handyman that will do. Oh, you, they all say they're a handyman until you tell them that you need them to do this. And they go, well, I do everything but that. Now, you're going to have to call another contractor for that. But I can do this over here. So I'll do this one little thing, but you'll have to find eight other contractors to do that, 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 and that. Because I don't do that. American workers just are the worst. So when, anyway, so, um, so I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But all these things, that, like when, when the shelf crashed, and I, I, the shelf crashed, literally the shelf crashed, the, the wires became disconnected, the, w, the, the, the Golden GIB Studios, everything broke. I didn't even, not even know if, if I was going to be able to do the Friday Night Prayer Vigil at all. I've got things torn apart, furniture pulled apart. I'm tracing wires, trying to figure out what went wrong. The shelf is falling out, and I'm trying to prop everything back up, and I'm wondering to myself, am I even going to be able to do the show at all? But here's the thing that's amazing is I was going through every one of these weird things over the last 72 hours. I was calm. And I was thinking to myself, why? Why am I not flipping out like I usually do? And, um, you know, and I say this with the greatest of care, but it seems to correlate to this cognitive behavioral therapy thing that I've been talking about on the program off and on now for a long, long time. And by the way, it doesn't happen overnight. And I ain't saying I have arrived and I'm, I'm sure something really bad could happen and maybe I'd flip out. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. That would really surprise me. If I can get to the place where I truly trust God and when really, really bad things happen, I don't get upset. That's where God wants us to be. And that's when the blessings start to flow. That's when the prayers start to get answered. But most Christians, look, if I didn't know it, then I figured that there's a whole lot of Christians out there that don't know this. And, um, and it's, a, it, it's such a powerful blessing and such a powerful testimony, especially with the confirmations that have occurred for me anyway in the last 72 hours. Because these are confirmations. Now, do I think everything's going to – do I think this is over? Do I think that my testing period has ended, that I'm getting some kind of wonderful crown and I have arrived? No. In fact, on contraire, I actually believe that I, I'm, I'm very – I'm not nervous. I used to be, but I'm not. Like right now, it's like I'm not nervous. I have so many things to be nervous about, so many things to be worried about. Billion-dollar account that we're having a meeting on at 10 o'clock, and I have every reason to be worried about it because of you know people have been fired over this account already. So, but I have all these things that I could be just like freaking out about. But, I don't, but I'm not. It's weird. It's a weird thing for me. I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I know it's biblical. It is 100,000% biblical. It is so biblical that it is like, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, and I want to help. I'm not saying I've arrived. I'm, I'm, I'm not, but I guess because I've actually – I am in the process of going through it, and I'm seeing the revelation. I'm seeing the amazingness of it all happening in my life. And um, things that would really, really, really upset me are not upsetting me, and I don't know why. I, I mean, I kind of sort of do, but I just like – I'm shocked. I'm really shocked because I, I believe with all of my heart that if I am able to continue, no matter how horrible the next test is, if I am able to continue to remain calm, 
from the grace of God, from the true, deep-rooted, honest-to-goodness, heartfelt trust that I have in the Father that everything is going to be okay, and really praise him in joy because I know it's going to be okay. In true joy, because I know it's going to be okay. My ex-wife was telling me before this Lady MacGyver lady showed up um, that she wasn't sure. She said, I know I told you that I was going to watch the house and everything, and I know you're counting on me, counting on me, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But, oh, by the way, the but came in Friday. That's just a couple of days before I got to fly out. But my job, uh, my boss is making me do a whole bunch of traveling while you're traveling. And I won't be able to get over to your house to take care of the dogs until, you know, in the evening sometime. Well, I don't know what you know about boxers, especially spoiled ones that have had their, you know, their daddy hanging out with them, you know, intimately and feeding them treats, like continuously throughout the day for, you know, years now because of the pandemic. They're spoiled. They don't know anything different. It confuses them and it upsets them. And when boxers get upset, they do naughty things. They dig out from underneath fences. They run around the neighborhood and they cry. They're, they're almost like little kids. They really are. And so it's like uh, they pee on your bed. <laughs> Did you know that? Uh, a female boxer, when she gets upset, you have to put a little doggy door on, your, on, your, on the room entry to your, your bed and into the master bedroom. You've got to put a little doggy door in there with a flippy thing to keep them from going in there because a female boxer becomes so attached to their – their daddy or their mommy or whatever, um, I, and I've never been a mommy, so I. But you know, they get so attached that when you leave the house, if you don't block them from going into the master bedroom, they'll go in, jump up on your bed, and for some reason I don't get it, but they pee and they'll pee two quarts of urine right on the top of your master bed. Now you got to replace all that stuff because it's too. You know, I, I'm not going to get into the mechanics of it all, but let me just tell you, you got to replace it. It's hundreds of dollars. Oh, and by the way, you got to replace it before you get in it because you've just you've just flown back from Whereversville, USA. Okay, six hours, two leg journey, ran through the airport, almost missed your flight, absolute hell, wearing a mask, all the other stuff. You finally get home and you're like, "Thank you, Jesus!" You walk in the front door and there are two quarts of pee on your bed, and all you want to do is go to sleep. Try to go through all that with a smile on your face, praising Jesus. It's not easy. And you know what? I thank God, and I pray that, you know, I've been saying, be happy that you're on the boat. Help other people get on the boat. But there's more to it than that. And and the, the moral of the story is that if, if, and this is a hard journey, folks. This is the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my entire Christian walk. Bar none. But I'm finally... Little by little, I say this with the greatest of care, believe me, because I'm waiting for that giant tree to smash my house to bits while I'm still inside. But do you, I have never been at this place in, my, in 60 years. I'm 60 years old. Can you imagine that? Baptizing the Holy Spirit, seeing zillions. I don't even know. I have no idea the quantity of miracles that I've seen physically in front of me. Blind people reading the Bible. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. There's nothing that has happened at a Todd White revival that I have not seen many, 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 many times. But I, but I, I, you know, I'm gracious and nice. Know that other Christians haven't seen some of those things and are amazed when they do. Anyway, so uh, I, I, in all my walk, I have never been through what I am going through right now, and I'm here to tell you 
if you can work with yourself, it's so hard, folks. It is so I'm pretty good at things. You know, I'm I'm pretty good at whipping myself. I'm pretty disciplined. I can I'm pretty good at that kind of stuff. I'm not great, but I'm pretty darn good. I'd say I, I probably rate about a 7.5 or an 8 out of a 1 to 10. 10 being really 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 good. I probably come in at about a 7.5. I get myself I whip myself into shape. I'm very very disciplined. If I put my mind to it, I can do it. Now, that being said, not everybody is at a 7.5. Some people maybe are at a 5. Some people maybe are at a 6. Some people maybe are at a 4. But, folks, if you can work with yourself and Jesus through a lot of prayer, but also learn to control your emotions. Because the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and most important one of all, self-control. And by the way, that's echoed uh, in Galatians 5.19, where it tells you that you shouldn't, you know, these are, the, these are the behaviors that you should not have. And it mentions, you know, the opposite of self-control. So again, this is a big deal in, your, in all of our walk. And it's especially a super-duper, supremely big deal for the days that we are entering into right now, okay? We all, every one of you that are listening to this program right now, this message is for you. I really, really dislike, with the most intense, fervent emotions, vehement emotions, I dislike it when Christians say things like, well, yes, the Lord has blessed me with his miracle, but I've got to seek him. So you see, I've got to seek the Lord because I don't know if I've been released to share it with anybody yet. And I think to myself, well, the first thing you need to do before you seek getting released is read the Bible and learn who you are in Christ and that when something is given to you in Christ through God, it isn't for you. There are so many Christians out there that think, oh, well, that's for me, and it's special, and i got to get permission to share it with other Christians. And I'm like, then you don't understand the principle of being part of the body of Jesus Christ, period, end of story. If you've got to go get special permission to share something that God gave you, then you don't get it. But, you know, I graciously, I'm like, okay, brother, all right. Well, I'll just wait for the Lord to give you your word. God bless you. Hopefully we hear back from you sometime. But I'm thinking to myself – are they reading their Bible? Do they understand the principles of the body? Why is it that we have copyrights on on test um, uh, uh, preaching? There's like there are you know big gigantic global ministries, and the the senior pastor has passed away, and then his preachings they copyright them, and I'm like, what what are you doing? You act like you own it. You don't own it. You don't own anything that comes from God. It's for all of us. We are all part of one body in Christ Jesus. Even in the, in the book of Galatians, it says there is neither a man nor a woman nor a Jew nor a Gentile. We are all one in Christ. What is it about that scripture that people don't get? So anyway, so that's why I share all this stuff, because if I'm going through this, I know that God wants you to hear it. 
It's part of our testimony. It's part of what we share amongst one another. And that's vital because we are here to help one another. We're all in this together. Oh, yeah, we are. Like it or lump it, we are all in this together. And I would not be doing my job for the Lord if I did not take that time on whatever program to share these things with folks. Because if there's anyone, even one out of 2,000 listeners right now, whatever, that hears this and says, that's what I needed to hear. Thank you, Jesus. Then I've done my job. And believe you me, that testing, because we are end times people, okay, remember there are many scriptures in the Bible, especially the New Testament, that say things like there will come a time, okay, you know, uh, there will come a time. And when you see those words, we are now in that time. When those words were penned in the Bible, no, that was not the time. Otherwise, it wouldn't say there will come a time. We're in the very end of the end of the end of times. We're so close to the end, it's like, I don't think you can verbalize it. I really don't think you can verbalize it, especially in the context of 2,000 years. That's why Jesus from the throne room is saying, soon, I'm coming soon, because he's looking at the whole 2,000 years, and he's looking at the teeny-weeny-weeny little sliver of time that we have left. And from that perspective, you can't, you know, we're talking about 40 points soon, flashing bold, aerial bold, flashing red tax, neon soon. That's why it's so vitally important that I convey this. And so here's the moral of the story. And I'm not, again, I emphasize with great passion that I have not arrived. And I, like I said, I expect that tree to come crashing through the house at any time. Now, I believe in my heart that that's not going to happen because I pray against it. But it still could because I don't know what God has in store for my testing. And I don't know what I'm going to go through in the end as the end of the end of times progresses and gets much, 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 much worse, which it is. It's going to get a lot worse. So if it gets a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot worse, how in the world are any of us going to deal with the things that we have to deal with, with grace, with the love of Jesus, with joy? How are we going to stand in front of another person while they get their arms chopped off by a soldier in the streets, pick up their arm? put it on their shoulder while blood squirting out and say, in the mighty name of Jesus, silver and gold have I not, but in Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command you to be healed and made whole. You're going to have to have, oh, and yeah, there's all these prophets out there <laughs> that we all, <laughs> whatever, whatever. And they're going to say, oh, we're all going to have an anointing of the, uh, the Holy Spirit and this, that, and the other thing. And you're going to be anointed and anointed. and anointed. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, I, I'm going to say it straight up. I don't buy it. I believe that there will be an anointing that will come down on a teeny-weeny bit of us. But I honestly believe – this is what I believe. I could be wrong. But I don't think the Lord would be bringing me through the things that he's bringing me through right now if I didn't need to be – crushed. You can't put the new wine in the new in the old wineskins because the old wineskins will burst. You have to put new wine in new wineskins 
And I needed to, I have to be made, we all have to be created into new wineskins. And that happens through crushing. Okay, and it's all over the Bible. There's all kinds of metaphors, you know, that we, you've got to be refined like gold and blah, 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 and all this. You know, it's all over. There's huge teachings on this kind of stuff. But nobody, until you go through it, you don't know. Until you've been laying in that hospice bed with tubes coming in and out of your body, you don't know what it feels like. And I'm here to tell you, folks, I'm going through it. I ain't saying I've arrived, but I'm seeing progress. I should be flipping out, uh, but I'm not. I haven't. I haven't been. Here's the thing. If you truly believe that God is answering, is going to answer your prayer because you believe the word of God, which is Jesus, not with lip service. Oh, it's so easy to say you believe. But when you're going through the test, if you're boohooing and, oh, no, <laughs> oh, golly, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help me. When you are, when that is the tone of your voice, that is unbelief. It is a sin before God. You, have, you are essentially standing there as a royal priest crying in your Wheaties and begging God for help when you have already prayed and asked God to help you, and now you're in the midst of the dookie, and you're sitting there going, oh, <laughs> and Satan is standing before God in the throne room pointing down at you and saying to God, look, he does not even believe in that which he prays. He has no faith. You're canceling out your prayers. You pray and you do not receive because you ask amiss. You don't believe you're going to receive it. That's why you're being an Israelite. That's why you're moaning and groaning and complaining and crying and miserable and you have no self-control. You don't really believe. Guess what, folks? I'm the king of unbelief. <laughs> okay? There have been things that I have gone through in my life where I had incredible belief, incredible belief, incredible praise. And I have seen miracles because of how I behaved in Christ. The problem is, it's got to be, it's not an event-based thing. Oh, I did a really good job when I lost my job. I prayed right, I praised God, and I got a new job. Hallelujah. Yep, that's an example. The trick is, the lesson to be learned is, it has to be part of who you become. In order to become the new wineskin, where the new wine of the Lord Jesus is poured out into you and you become Christ. Where you can take the 40 lashes with the cat of nine tails and, and not cry out or, you know, deny Jesus like Peter did and all that kind of stuff. You know, you've got to understand that it, it's a transformation. It's why you've got to get crushed. So until you come to that place where you pray and you say, Father, I give it to you and I praise your name and you are truly happy. You are really, honestly, truly happy because you know that you know that you know that God is going to give it to you. And you are really thrilled. And you praise him. You say, thank you, Father. I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to break this stronghold. I know I'm going to get over this addiction. I know I'm going to get over whatever it is I'm going through because you told me I would. And 
I glorify in your name because you're awesome. And you worship him because you know it's coming. And now you're walking in this place of trust. You're not even, I won't even think about things that I worry about. Things, right now I'm at a place, I hope I can maintain it. I really do. I don't want to slip. Sometimes when the tree is big enough to smash enough of your house, (laughs) you know what I mean? But I'm hoping, I'm believing, because I want to maintain this. I want to maintain it because it's a wonderful place to be. I have every reason in the world. Uh, One of the witticisms that I absolutely love is, my life is full of cataclysms that never happened. That never happened. Or, even worse, cataclysms that did happen, but I didn't trust God and I didn't praise him. See, that self-control, that, that, that you know, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control is real. It's not, it's not intermittent. It's not, oh, no, Lord, because the second that you go into that, that emotional downswing, and you're not praising God, you've opened up a portal to Satan to completely crush your blessing. You pretty much got to start from scratch. And God will test you over and over and over, over years of time, until you get it, until you get it. Have I arrived? I don't know. I don't think so. But I, I'm, I'm definitely on a plateau, and I'm seeing some progress. And I praise God for that because I can't – the Lord had to bring my life to a place where my trials and tribulations and difficulties were so overwhelming and coming at me so rapidly that I had to just throw my hands up in the air and go, whatever. When I got to that place and continued praising, continued praying, and thank you, Father, hallelujah, Glory to God, because when you get to that place and you really mean it in your heart, it's a, it's a cool place to be. So I was able to prop up the shelf and say, the heck with it. I'm not going to worry about it until I get back from Atlanta. I was able to have total peace when my ex-wife was basically telling me, well, I've got to do a lot of traveling. I'm not really sure when I'm going to get around to your house. The dog's went on a couple of days before I leave. Having, not, not having any luck at all getting a hold of this person that you know I needed to help me. And then she shows up at the last minute and then clears out a six-foot refrigerator full of, like, dead body smells, <laughs> waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, going downstairs with, you know, surgical gloves and just completely peacefully putting everything where it had to be. <laughs> these are things – these are the kinds of things that if it happened a year ago, I mean, I'd probably uh, – I would have – if it happened to me, if these things that happened in the last 72 hours to me – in the last 72 hours right now to me, happened to me a year ago, I will not repeat what might come out of my mouth. Oh, of course, I'd feel all godly sorrow later, and I'd be in tears and say to the Father, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me for using those bad words. But I'd be pissed, (laughs) okay, (laughs) to put it lightly. I would not have taken it in grace. And this whole last 72 hours, it seemed like no matter what was falling apart, whatever emergency I was going through, whatever impossible situation I was, no matter how desperately it, everything looked, 
I took it in grace. I just believed that God was going to take care of it. And I praised him, worshiped him. Genuinely. It didn't stop the things from happening. But the outcome was miraculous. And that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so I hope for those of you who are going through ugly things, and my goodness gracious, it seems like everybody I talk to is. And I don't know if you've noticed, but people are getting snarkier than normal. Um, And that's okay. That's all part of our testing. You know, we're going to see people say things that hurt our feelings more. We're going to have people hang up on the phone on us. They're going to, you know, they're going to say things that imply that we're a liar and we got to take it with grace. Don't let it bother you. They won't perceive themselves as calling you a liar as they're saying what they're saying to you, but they are. They are calling you a liar. And that's okay. We have to let it roll off of our shoulders. All and it will pummel you. It will it, it'll it'll be back to back to back to back to back to back to back. I mean, literally, you won't be able to go thirty minutes unless you're hiding in like I do sometimes. I actually do this. I'll like go inside my master bedroom with the puppy dogs uh, on a Saturday or something, and I'll literally I'll close the door. I, I close the door of the room. I shut everything down because uh, I don't. I just don't want to expose myself to anything outside of my little place of the most high bubble that I want to hang out with Jesus in. I just want to close myself off to the world because I know the second that I walk out the door, I'm going to run into a six foot tall refrigerator with $400, you know, 400 pounds worth of meat. Who knows how much money it was? You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you know, there's something, I always know there's something ready to, and, and, and people will just say stuff and, and they, they don't, again, they don't really realize, I guess, you know, it's like Peter. It's like Peter. Standing before Jesus, and Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Do you think Peter wasn't a little shocked when Jesus said that? Oh, yeah, he surely was. I'll bet you his eyes just about popped out. (laughs) You know, and um, so people don't, you know, know when they're, you know, saying things that are hurting your feelings a lot of times. So you just got to take it all with grace. Let it roll off your shoulder. Don't get upset. Um, you know, you can dismiss yourself. You can say, hey, um, this might be a really good time for me to go. Um, God bless you. Let's catch up a little bit later. You know, after they've like hurt your feelings like three or four times in a row. And, you know, it's, it's a totally get me behind the Satan problem. That's what it is manifesting. But you got to get over it. You got to let it go. Just gracefully say, hey, uh, you know, I, I really kind of kind of got to get going, you know, and keep the peace. Step away, uh, move to the, ne- you know, move on to the next thing, and don't let it get to you. And 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 it's you know it, it, it's it's like boom boom bam boom boom bam boom bam boom bam boom 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 bam bam. You're not going to get away from it. And a lot of it'll be little things, big things, medium-sized things, humongous things, giant things, cataclysms, and, and all this kind of stuff. And you just got to let it all go and keep praising God. Because the second that you don't, the second that you don't, it's an act of unbelief, and you're going to get hit harder. But once you get to that place where you are truly praising with joy because you know that the Father is going to answer your prayer, even if it takes years, you know it. Everything changes. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, kids, are you ready? All right, you kids. Uh, you always trick me into, you're just so nice and full of smileys. I, I know. 
everything's always happy-go-lucky for you guys, isn't it? I mean, you don't worry about six-foot-tall. You just know mom and dad are going to clean up the mess and put more meat in there for you, right? (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, kids, why was the baby strawberry sad? Because his mom was in a jam. (laughs) His mom was in a jam. That's kind of morbid, isn't it? You know? Oh, but you liked it. Uh Aha. I knew that you would like it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's actually a pretty clever one. I like it, too. All right, kids. What season is it when you are on a trampoline? What season is it when you're on a trampoline? Think hard. It's springtime. Springtime, spring, boing, boing, boing. All right. Glory to God. Kids, how do bees get to school? On a school buzz. <laughs> Kids, what do you think of that one, huh? School buzz? You didn't like that one? Oh, well. Hey, you know. <laughs> I'm taking in a grace, and I'm still smiling, even though you didn't like it. So there. Ha, ha. Hey. <laughs> right on. Right, and on that note, let's go ahead and head into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. All right, praise God. So um, Sister Lori, who's the lady that's going to be watching my house while I'm in Atlanta and probably fixing more of my house than I could in three centuries, <laughs> uh, she's texting me and she's saying uh, – now, she doesn't know – she doesn't understand the radio shows and the schedule. Uh, she knows that I do them, but whatever. But anyway, and uh, so she says, could you please tell me what DDS is? There is someone who keeps referring to – they are sending messages through DDS from, it looks like, England to the United States. All right. So if anybody out there knows what she's talking about, uh, what, you know, in the context of what she said, please send me an email at jbaptist777 at gmail.com. Again, it's jbaptist777 at gmail.com because I don't know. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and type to her, I really don't know uh, in the context of what you just said. Um, I am asking show listeners live now if they know, so maybe someone one will respond. All right. So sorry. And anyway, so um, also Brother Kirk Martin, who's in the hospital after major surgery, finally got there after about six months of waiting because of the post-pandemic delays. Um, huh. I'm just finding out today is going to be a very, very long, 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 long recovery time. He says it's going to be about eight months. Wow. Eight months of walking around with a walker. Ugh. Yep, so he's going to go through, wow, you think you're going through some bad stuff? 
I, I don't I don't know anybody on the face of planet Earth. I mean, I, I would rather be in an Iranian jail, I think, with rats eating the flesh off the my bottom of my toes than going through what Kirk Martin has gone through. But God bless him. I don't know how he I don't know how he keeps the faith. I mean, my gosh, he's gone through horrible things. But but he has an cr- incredible testimony. Hallelujah. All right, and on that note, let's go ahead and slam our way back into the news. And first up is uh, the United States and world is gripped by a fertilizer crisis. Oh, boy. All right, and this report is from the Epic Times, um, and I have petitioned them, sent them a, a, an email to the letters uh, editors to ask them to take a deeper look at the Russian stuff so they can have a little bit more balanced of a um, reporting on their articles because they're they're still very uh, Joe Biden esque in what they are projecting in their articles regarding Russia. They really don't see the big picture yet. Now, Alex Jones, on the other hand, I tip, once again, I tip my hat, took him a little bit of time, but he has had Aussie Kosak on there, uh, Simeon uh, from uh, uh, Australia on as a uh, uh, a um, person that he was interviewing, an interviewee uh, who was on there for a couple of hours with him, or at least an hour. Uh, so he has completely woken up. So I, once again, I tip my hat to Alex Jones and say praise Jesus because there are very – people – People that get it will eventually wake up, and people that don't get it will – they will oftentimes just stay in the world of I don't get it, and they, they're okay being in that world. It's, it's, a, it's an area of comfort for them. If they were to believe that Russia was anything but an evil, tyrant, horrible, evil empire that wanted to destroy the world, then you know it would upset their apple cart, and they couldn't deal with it. Like my like my one sister, who just you know. Anyway, so I'm just so over it right now. I don't you know. All I can all I can see really is um, I praise God that I'm a broadcaster because you know what? If I was doing an interactive show and people were and I was taking beatings from everybody who was calling into the show, rah, 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 I'd be just like, forget it. This isn't even worth it. I'd say, dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me. I will find another way to serve you. But thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I can at least tell you what I'm experiencing and what the Lord has shown me, and with no guilt, concerns, none at all, because I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. Praise Jesus. And that's a wonderful place to be. I'm at total peace. I have no concerns whatsoever. Hallelujah. That, um, that you know, anything that I am sharing with people on this program is incorrect or in- imbalanced. I praise God that the Lord has shown me the things that he has shown me that I'm able to even share. And really, when you think about it with this, you know, Department of Homeland Security Ministry of Truth that they're putting in place, you know, it's just a matter of time for the, before uh, Satan and his army of evil Gestapo agents show up at my house for real. Maybe, maybe that's what the Lord is, you know, conditioning me to be able to deal with. Maybe they are going to take me away. I don't know. I mean, look what happened to the apostles. I mean, it wasn't like any of them had a good ending to their time on earth, huh? Amen? It wasn't like God said, hey, John, you did a great job. Here's a Lamborghini. Go out and party for a while. It wasn't like that. He ended up getting dipped in boiling oil for crying out loud. Peter got hung, up, hung upside. Uh, you know, uh, Paul got decapitated, uh, you know, uh, by Caesar. And, oh, Jimmy Jiminy Cricket is just, I don't know what happened to every one of them, but, you know, most of them, you know, you know uh, Timothy got beaten to death by a bunch of pagans at a parade. 
I just, oh, so just the list just goes on. But anyway, the United States world is gripped by a fertilizer crisis, and it goes on to explain fertilizer shortages, and I have to watch my time very, very carefully because um, this is a weird show. It goes for three hours whenever we bring uh, Sister Joy and Brother Zen on the program, which is fine, um, uh, you know. But uh, but it it it, it changes show timing dynamics for me and makes things very, very difficult for me. I, I, I mean, it, it's still difficult anyway, even when it's on a two hour schedule, it's still difficult. And as you know, we run overtime all the time. All right. Praise God. So it's just something that you just have to get used to. You know, when you're giving a testimony and the Lord is powerfully leading you to share something, you, you can't stop. It's, it's almost like you're out of control. You know, I, I, I've had, I, I, ha, I can't explain it. But once the Lord grips you and says, share, you, it's like the Holy Spirit takes over your body and you just start to share and, and time just flies and you just, but you know, you got to share it. You know, you have to, it overwhelms you. Well, anyway, um, uh, so of course that means, you know, time dynamics, you know, either God stops time or you're going to go over time. But anyway, what's interesting about this particular article is the author did a fabulous job of looking into things and realized that not only – so they start out with the traditional narrative about, well, you know, Putin's war in the Ukraine has stopped shipments of fertilizer that the whole world is dependent on because it was coming from the Ukraine, yada, 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 yada. But then – to my happiness and joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy. Later in the article, they break it out and they say, in reality, however, it is not really just a Ukraine issue. It is a global issue. And in reality, the real problem is the green activists, the European Union, and the World Economic Forum. Aha. So the person who wrote the article was at least intelligent and awake and aware enough to realize that while there was definitely an impact on fertilizer because of the Ukraine um, supply, when he looked at things more holistically from a global level, it was really the AOCs of the world, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, the Bidens, the Obamas, the Clintons, the creepy, shape-shifting reptilian entities. Uh, It's what we're seeing happening right now. And then they're controlling the people in Europe. If you don't join us, if you're not for us, you're against us, and then we're going to sanction you too. They've got entire countries over in Europe right now are going, we are doomed. And our people are going to die by the thousands if we don't get an exception for the sanctions. Bulgaria is one of them. Austria said, nah, poop on you, Biden. Austria just said from the get-go, they said, forget it. I don't care what you do to us. I don't care if you sanction us. I don't care what you do. We are not cutting off our ourselves. We're not cutting off our own nose to spite our face. The leaders of this country are going to take care of the people like we're supposed to, and we don't care what you shape-shifting reptilians in the United States say that we have to do. You, you know, hegemon, he, what is it? Hegemony is the, whatever. <sighs> New World Order. Global Reset, House of Windsor, Black Pope, Baby Killers, Satanist, Global Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. That must be the best ever acronym I've ever come up with. That's the only thing that captures the essence of what we're dealing with. 
Anyway, so this article turned out to be a really good article because it came right out and pointed out the fact that even without the Ukraine, if we didn't have this Green New Deal weirdness going on and the World Economic Forum jamming down all of their stuff into our faces, the world wouldn't have any of these problems. We're inflicting it on ourselves. Well, we aren't. You and I aren't. But Obama is the Antichrist as he manipulates Biden. Now, now, I believe that Obama is the Antichrist, but you know, if you don't, if you want to think it's Mickey Mouse or somebody else, that's fine. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. If you want to think it's a pink, purple, polka dotted elephant, fine. We shouldn't divide over these things. Everybody can believe who they want to believe it is. It doesn't matter to me. It's, it's irrelevant. What's really relevant is that Jesus, we are really close to leaving. Closer. And I know you could say, well, all things are relative, and that could still be years away. And you know what? You'd be right. But also remember, this radio show has been doing its thing for 11 years now. And comparatively speaking, in that, in that 11-year period, we have never been this close. Right now, I believe with all of my heart, we are in the midst of the second seal and the third seal, and they are fully in progress. We are definitely entering into the period of sorrows. We have fulfilled every single thing that Jesus said was going to happen in the Olivet Discourse. Now, some of them are still in progress. Amen. All right. Um, so anyway, um, so it's good to know that people are waking up gangbusters all over the world. This is a good thing because think about all the people that are not on that boat. And those creature monster mechanical alien things are going, and they're, showing, they're shining their spotlights down. And the people are screaming, we need to pull them on the boat. We're already on the boat. Pull them on the boat. Pull them on the boat. And praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We don't care about those big evil monsters. Because when we die, we live. And boy, do we live. Hallelujah. All right, next one up. Praise Jesus. The Epic Times reports... Conservatives should use power in fighting woke companies in big tech censorships, according to this particular legal expert. Now, this particular legal expert, which, by the way, he actually is, and I can't read you the whole article, but I do recommend that you go read it. So, again, I, hopefully you, you know about the show notes. And if you don't know about the show notes at tribulation-now.org, there is a link on the website called Show Notes. And in those show notes, you have all the headlines that we talk about are in the show notes, okay? And you can download them and show them to people, and they're wonderful witnessing tools. They're better than any track. They're better than when, – when people see 70 or 50 or 30 major apocalyptic headlines on a global scale all in one place, let me tell you what. It is an awakening moment. Praise God. That is why I keep going into trouble and, you know, and doing the show notes, okay, every single radio show, because I want to get that up there because if somebody wants to download it, they can, you know, show the, just the news section. You don't have to show everything else. There's tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of other stuff in there that you would love, but just the news. You show it to your mom, show it to your sister, show it to Frank, show it to Sally, whoever it is. They're going to go like, what? Is this for real? Because they, they, they don't get news from everywhere. And they don't know about this stuff. CNN and Fox ain't talking about it. They're just lying, 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 lie, 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 lie. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. 
Okay, work with me here. My broken down studio. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Iranian general calls for Tehran adopting sea-oriented strategy to tackle the United States sanctions. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is, yes, the, the sanctions are annoying, but they're not, they're not stopping anything. They're not stopping anything. As a matter of fact, this, we started to threaten uh, China with sanctions, so China started to change how, they, how their international news and their news broadcast internal to China. They started using different words. They manipulated their words that they chose to make it sound to the intelligence agencies that they were kind of like toning down their rhetoric just enough that we wouldn't like sanction them. Okay, uh, you know, of course, the West thinks that, oh, we're going to destroy the Chinese economy. And I'm like, no, come on. But anyway, you know, it's the other way around. We cut China off. We're done. <laughs> we can't look. I told you, folks, listen, they're closing down. I forget what the name of the plant is, but they're closing. You know, Ford Motor Company is literally shutting down the, the plant, completely closing it. No more uh, uh, Mustangs. None. They're not going to make any more Mustangs. The entire plant's closed. Why? Because they can't get the microchips from the Far East. Closed. Done. Until they can get that supply chain of microchips back, no more Mustangs. None. And by the way, that's only one of probably 10,000 examples of various things that we take for granted that are gone. The supply chain is so horribly interrupted that the price is going to eight times higher. Energy, which is what we've been cut off of majorly, causes the price of everything to go up. Because any manufacturer, Campbell Soup, dog food, you name it, culling of the chickens, culling of the turkeys, makes dog food triple in price. See, I learned that when I go to Amazon and I get this one particular treat for my dogs that I used to pay five ninety nine for you know, 24 ounces of, but now it's like $25 for that same pack. I've learned that if I search on it at other places like uh, uh, the, the PetSupermarket.com or whatever, that they haven't, they have a bigger stock of it and they haven't, in, they haven't it's, the price increase hasn't hit them yet. But it's a trick I learned in my internet purchases. So I'll go to alternate sources and buy them from the alternate sources who have a larger stock of the older priced items and I'll buy a bunch of them for the original price because if I go to Amazon I'm going to pay $25 for what cost me 5.99 6 months ago so if you're searching for something that you want to buy online and the price is insane just type the name of the item that you want to search and then go to the shopping link and hunt around and it's likely, not guaranteed, but likely that you will find an alternate source for that product that still has the old price. But it ain't going to stay that way forever. So if you're going to stock up on something, you better stock up on it now. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next one up. WorldNet Daily. Massive crime wave has major United States city reeling. Well, let me just tell you something. All right. This is talking about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I could I could read mass shootings, you know, just all it just has this humongous list and thirty eight percent increase and in one hundred and twenty three homicides over the last and then you know and then it mentions Philadelphia and five hundred sixty two homicides. Blah, 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 blah. Folks, let me just tell you something. Moral of the story of this particular article is simply this. 
If it's happening in Pittsburgh, it's happening in Philly. If it's happening in Philly, it's happening in Manhattan. If it's happening in Manhattan, it's happening in Portland. If it's happening in Portland, it's happening in Seattle. If it's happening in Seattle, it's happening in – it's everywhere. That's the moral of the story. Okay, so again, you don't know what you don't know. But what we do know is we can make intelligent, educated estimations that if it's clearly – if the statistics are through the roof – and homicides, suicides, rapes, murders, torture, you name it, pick it, whatever crime it is. If you're seeing an article that says, uh, you know, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there's a 5,272% increase in homicides. Well, guess what? Common sense is going to tell you it ain't just Tulsa. Right? I hope so. Right, kids? You know about that, right? It's called the law of averages. So it's a common sense law of averages. All right, so praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Video turns, uh, the sky turns red over a town near Shanghai, uh, China, Shanghai. Oh, no, it must be the judgment of the Lord. Man, so many, um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that does me take too long. I'm just telling you the things that are happening, Jesus said the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and he also said the seas roaring. Okay, tell me which one of those boxes you can't check right now. Thank you for your silence. All right, next headline. Praise God. Canadian uh, society's child, Canadian sniper, disappointed uh, with the reality in the Ukraine. By the way, I'm not even going to go into this. What I'm going to tell you is, in my monitoring of what's actually happening inside of Ukraine, the Ukrainian, first off, get this. This is how evil this Nazi empire is, actually. But you're never going to hear this through mainstream media. Never, 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 never. So they are basically – they have people that are trying to get out of the country. Now, what the mainstream narrative is, is that, oh, they're running from those terrible Russians. No, they're running from Zelensky. Zelensky has put out a Nazi mandate that if you're between the age of like, you know – 12 and 60, and you're a man, or, or I think they, women do in some cases, depending. Uh, but definitely if you're men, that you're, you, you, you are, uh, you're, you're, in the, you're in the army. I mean, they're grabbing you and throwing on a uniform and tossing you on the front lines with the Russians, and you have never even held a gun in your entire life. And they're surrendering. And when they surrender, then the Nazis that are part of the Azov Battalion shoot them in the back. So the vast majority of Ukrainian army uh, dead people are from their own bullets. As a matter of fact, I have endless testimonies of people that gave, laid down their weapons, Ukrainian soldiers that, that were indict, indicted into the army or whatever they call it, um, you know, forced to join it. And then, um, uh, and then they, uh, uh, they get over to Russia. They, they go to you know, hold their hands up, and they walk in. The Russian, you know, the, the, the Russian soldiers come and get them. And then, and then they give them food, three hots and a cot. Uh, they take care of them. They hook them up with their family. You can see reunions of tearful children and moms and dad, you're still alive. Thank you, Lord. And they're just hugging each other and giving flowers to one another. That's what's happening with the Ukrainians that get captured by the Russians. And when the Russians get captured by the Ukrainians, they're cutting their testicles off. But you never hear that. Do you? But that's what's happening. The mass graves are coming from the Nazis. <laughs> well, anyway, you can only do what you can do. 
If you can receive it, as Jesus used to say. Right, kids? If you can receive it. All right, the next one. Here it comes. EasyJet to tackle staff shortages by removing seats from planes. Now, okay, first off, if you're a professional, I mean, if you if you travel for your job, you're not going to fly EasyJet. But I will say having that extra leg room sounds pretty attractive. All right, praise Jesus. Next one up. Earth changes. Rare tornado wreaks havoc across the um, Arecibo area in Puerto Rico. Hey, I wonder if it has anything to do with the collapsed Arecibo antenna. Now they can't see the aliens coming. The keywords here are rare tornadoes. These are parts of the world where tornadoes never happen. I'm just sharing that with you. It, that's what makes it newsworthy. Another rare tornado occurred in Assam, India. And another rare tornado occurred. Now, this one wasn't all that rare. Uh, this one uh, was actually in a very common tornado area. Oklahoma and Texas hit by hard tornadoes overnight. All right, but they're just happening all over the world, and it's not making it into any news. Nobody's hearing it. Here's another headline that's uh, taking place right now. Breitbart reports that there's a food crisis, that the German farmers warn of a drought-related crop failure on the top of grain fuel fertilizer woes. And then they show an entire field of crops all drooping over and dying but it's all over it's, it's worldwide if it's you know the, yeah it's a german report this what you got to do is you got to take it and map it to every one of the other 195 major countries yeah it's a lot worse than you think it's gonna it's gonna hit hard but i just got to get my eggs I, you know the problem is i'm in a suburb and i know they have like uh, rules or else i'd have my own chickens i really would i love eggs so much all right praise god next thing up all right, Daily Beast reports, fire at any abortion group's Wisconsin office investigated as an arson and has graffiti on the outside. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. <laughs> okay. And they're, they're putting graffiti on the outside of churches. They're blaming Christians. It's getting ready to turn into Christian um, uh, persecution on a grandiose scale. You can believe these. Um, these uh, I mean, it's here. Uh, oh, there's a report out there, and boy, they had videos to show it. People were standing outside of Disney World at the at the where the cars all drive up and start to go into the parking area, and people were standing out in front of Disney Stings waving huge, bona fide, real Nazi flags at Disney. I got the film. Yeah, things are way worse than people realize. Next one up. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, airstrikes is out of Jerusalem Post. Uh, targets pro-Iranian militias in eastern Syria, according to reports. Now, what's, you know, again, this stuff has been ramping up. I'm just letting you know. In the midst of all of the other apocalyptic news that is happening, it's very hard to keep up with what's going on in the Middle East. But I can tell you that the, the wars and rumors of wars, the bombings, I think the amount of times that Sy- – I'm sorry, Israel – sends the IAF, the Israeli Air Force, into Syria and is – you know what it looks like? Now, now granted, it isn't, at the, it isn't at the same magnitude by any stretch, but it kind of looks like some of the stuff going on in uh, the eastern Ukraine. It really does. So the war situation from the IAF and the IDF – well, mostly the IAF uh, – in Syria is increasing humongously. Big bombs. I mean, they're, they're picking targets, and they're taking them out. How long are they going to be able to get away with that before that turns into like, okay, we're not taking this anymore, and we're going to strike back? You know, I don't know. 
But Iran has come right out and said multiple times, and you know what? We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, we already kind of know it because it says so in the Bible. Anyway, so we know it's coming. All right. Praise God. Next one up. Hallelujah. Al Jazeera News reports. Uh, praise you, Jesus. China's growing cloud in the Pacific has become a hot political issue in Australia ahead of the May 21 election. Oh, by the way, you should see the plans for the um, naval highly advanced 21st century naval base that they're getting ready to put that China is getting ready to build in the Solomon Islands. It's going to be impenetrable underground. You know, they, they, China's real big on uh, submarines and they always like to build like, so the submarines can just never service. Okay. Now here in the United States, when submarines pull into like Norfolk, Virginia or whatever, they just come to the surface and go over and they just kind of park it right on the side of a pier. Not in China. China, what they do is they build these um, underground, uh, underwater, uh, cave-like entryways that are built down under the water. And then they go – the submarines go in under the water so they can't be seen at all or detected. And then they go all the way in and surface in the underground base, fully protected from any kind of attacks. Anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Like frogs in slow boiling pot, how India's heat wave is set to get worse. And it is. It's going to be bad. All the, the fires, the horrible winters, uh, the un- intolerable, unlivable, unlivable temperatures, people dying because they can't tolerate that, you know, all that stuff. It's going to get worse, worse, worse. I've been, tell- I've been saying this for years. And, it, and guess what? It's all coming through. Another one, Germany warns of global famine. Millions could die because of the pandemic and the ongoing military actions in the Ukraine. And that's what they're, they're blaming it on, but it's a lot more than that. It's the Green New Deal stuff. It's all of that stuff. It's the uh, stomping of the, the uh, uh, coal industry. It's the stomping of the oil supplies down through the Canada pipelines. It's all that stuff. Every single thing that they're doing is designed to bring about the very end. And Russia's just the boogeyman, <laughs> okay? You know, and they are doing a wonderful job of upsetting uh, uh, Russia, and that's not good news for anybody because you don't want that's that's their military ability makes ours look really sad. Anyway, Wall Street Journal: Electrical shortage warns uh, warnings grow across the United States, and and and, and again, it's 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 all over. Um, California's grid operator said Friday it anticipates a shortfall in supplies this summer, especially in extreme heat, wildfires, and delays bringing new power sources online. But never mind the fact that uh, all their water sources and resources and stuff are, you know, Lake Mead, everything, turning into big old dry beds. They're at the, the western part of the United States is in extreme trouble right now. Extreme. But it doesn't mean the rest of the country isn't in extreme trouble, too. And it doesn't mean the rest of the world isn't in extreme trouble. This is by design. This is what the World Economic Forum wants to happen. They're doing it. They're executing on their plan, and they're doing it, wow, really well. They really are doing a fabulous job. Now, granted, I realize that this is going to turn into some really uh, – you know, this is going to be ugly on a scale that we can't quantify. It's going to be biblical proportions. Amen? Right? So it's going to be bad. But when you really think about it, as far as a coordinated, orchestrated, uh, uh, choreographed takedown of the world, the precision at which it's, which it's being executed right now is you – can't, you can't quantify it. It's mind-blowing. 
and it's happening really fast. And people are so – they have so much bad news that they can report on the lying news media that everybody's like mesmerized. You know, Joe Sixpack is like mesmerized by the lies, and they're completely unaware of all these other things that we're talking about on this program, which means that they completely miss. I know. I have conversations with people that are in that twilight zone fog of the mainstream media, and I'm like, man, you, you, you're, you, don't, you don't have any idea any of these other things are happening. They're like, Russia's the boogeyman. Russia's the boogeyman. Russia's the boogeyman. Look what Russia's doing to the whole world. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, are you missing like 99% of the news out there? Oh, and by the way, if you try to change your mind or give them any additional information, get ready for a spanking. They're going to – they'll call you a liar. They'll go into a state of – yeah, it's just – they'll hang up the phone on you. Yeah, members of your own family. You say, look, hey, I'll send you a video. You can be your own, you know, your own choice. You just take a – click, buzz, you know, whatever. So whatever. I do the show, and then I go home. Thank you, Jesus. All right, or whatever else the Lord wants me to do. Next one up. Euro- European Europe's biggest economy faces a wave of bankruptcies, according to their banking chief. Do you think it's going to be only them? No. It's going to be everybody else, too. That's the third seal. The third seal financial collapse is in progress. Watch your food continue to skyrocket. Watch the shelves continue to get barer and barer. Yeah. It's in progress. Third seal. No doubt about it. Second seal, in progress. No doubt about it. We're pretty much, we've pretty much checked every single box of the Olivet Discourse right now. The only ones, the only things that I can't think that we, we haven't checked full-scale persecution quite yet to the magnitude that it will occur in the United States of Babylon the Great. So we're seeing it, you know, we're seeing them starting to take down the churches over the abortion thing. So it's in progress. Um, we have not yet to see the big warning that Jesus gave us about the, you know, when you see uh, the enemies uh, surrounding Israel. That's where he says things like, you know, pray that you're not suckling a baby and everything, and it's not winter, and you can flee, and don't go back and get clothes and all that. He's just trying to use, you know, similes and such in his description to help you understand the magnitude of that warning. Okay? That's a big deal. When you see that, Buckle up, because we're getting ready to fly. Hallelujah. All right, German industry reels from anti-Russian sanctions. (laughs) Okay, so let's translate that into reality for a second. How about German industry reels from listening to Joe Biden and Obama and Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum? Simple as that. German industry has shot itself in the foot for volunteering to be part of the global reset at the expense of the lives of all of their citizens. How about that? That is a more proper and truthful headline than what this one states, because this one implies it's someone else's fault. No, it's their own fault. But that's part of the design plan. Another headline, Putin says the DPR and the LPR military fight for liberation from the Nazis, as did their ancestors, which, by the way, is absolutely 100 percent true. All right. Next one up. Investigators find neo-Nazi torture chambers in Ukraine. And I've, I've already seen uh, Patrick Lancaster's reports. He's an American uh, uh, freelance journalist out of Texas, and he he goes into the torture chambers where the Azov battalion Nazis were literally pulling body parts off of people and they're murdering babies. 
killing people. They're slowly torturing them. You know why? Because they think they're Russian sympathizers. It's just an accusation. They're like, we think you, you know, and then they start to torture you. Listen to this. Surprise. Leadership of Joe Biden's disinformation governance board. Disinformation governance board. That is the Gestapo of the United States. Guess what? Follow the money goes directly to George Soros, which, by the way, is going directly to Klaus Schwab. Get it? Ties right into House of Windsor. Ties right into the Black Pope at the at the Vatican. It's the global satanic crime syndicate. Listen to this, Jerusalem Post. Nazi flags flown at the entrance of Disney World. Absolutely. I see the video and I see the flags and I see the people waving them. Anybody doing anything about it? No. If you fly into Israel, guess what? You don't have to get PCR tests anymore. Everybody's saying it. Pandemic's over. This is a really upsetting Fauci right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him shapeshift out of his own anger. It'd be like, whatever. Anyway, on that note, praise God, I can't get out all the apocalyptic news. If I had six solid hours of going through headlines, I would barely be able to put a dent in the amount, apocalyptic, amount of apocalyptic news that is happening across the world. But on that note, let's bring on Brother Jen, Zen uh, Garcia and Dr. Joy Jeffries. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Here we go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Zen, are you there? I am. How are you this evening? I'd be a lot better if I didn't have to wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and fly to Atlanta for. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go slap backs and pretend like I care about, you know, about my job and all that kind of stuff. You know, gotta have a good attitude or else, you know, you're not part of the club. We're gonna have to fire you. You know, but anyway, what do you do? <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. I got a job. Um, uh, Dr. Joy, are you there? Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yes. How are you doing tonight? Uh, hey, it's all good. The Lord's bringing me. Uh, to a place, and I'm. I think we all will. If you haven't gone through it yet, I think everybody's going to have to go through it in in whatever way the Lord decides that we have to. But um, I just got the the Lord finally brought me to a place after my struggles over the last several years of just getting pummeled and beaten and just one horrible thing after another happening to me, and I and it, and it it finally worked. Praise the Lord! Thank you, Jesus! I finally got to a pr- place where th- so many bad things were happening to me. And I was praying, 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 and it was like, I, I finally, I gave up. I gave up. And that's what God wants you to do. God has to bring you to a place where you are so beaten down that you're like, okay with it. And then you shift gears and you're in praise. You're like, praise you, Father, I know you're going to bring me through this. And you really mean it because you know he will. And that changes everything. Now, when all these bad things happen to you, you it, doesn't, it doesn't phase you. And I'm, um, and the Lord has finally brought me. So that's that's where I am in my walk. I've just, I told people in the beginning of the show what happened to me in the last 72 hours, and my testimony was I didn't flip out one time. <laughs> okay, and then if you knew what happened to me in the last 72 hours, and you heard me say I did not flip out, I did not get upset, and I praised God through the whole thing. Let me tell you what, for me, that is colossal. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> usually I'm like, okay, where's my baseball bat? I gotta hit something, <laughs> you know. But I didn't. So praise <laughs> Jesus. All right. <laughs> how are you doing? Oh how are you? Gosh. How are you doing, Joy Zen? Uh, I'm, I'm doing fine. Yes. I just uh, am like you. Just everything you can imagine. You can see Satan at work. So. Uh, influential in people's lives I have had so much really in the last number of days that have just totally amazed me as to the the strongholds that are happening in people's lives and how it's getting really a lot worse and um, you know if you don't really know Jesus like you need to know Jesus um, people are going to start really suffering and, you know, listening to the things that you talk about, John, before we can actually come on to be part of this show with you is spot on. I mean, you, you're, you're, you're talking about things that I'm researching and I see happening and it's not affecting people like somewhere else. It's affecting people all around you as well as everywhere else in the world. And, um, it's, at the same time that you can kind of know that we know the truth about what's going to end up, how and how it's going to end up, and we know that if we stay focused that our uh, security really lies in Jesus Christ and the fact that there is a coming a time when all of this is going to come to a, a boiling point and he's going to manifest and, and save those that have tro- truly believed in him and have chosen him for eternal life. But the sad thing is, is that you see so many people who believe they think they know what they're doing right, and yet they know the truth. They clearly know the truth, and and they're falling by the wayside by not focusing totally on Jesus. I mean, I've never, ever felt more important to tell people that you need to focus on Jesus first and foremost. Everything else will fall into place, but if you don't put him first right now, Everything that Satan can do to you is going to start happening, and um, and I'm really seeing that. I am really seeing that. It's, it it kind of makes me really sad because as a watchman on the wall, my whole intent in the ministry that I have is to try to bring this information to people so that you can make a sound, secure decision about your future. And when you see Christian people reacting as if they've never read the scriptures. And clearly no sin is a sin is a sin, and they continue to do it thinking that some way that God's going to go, it's okay for you to keep doing that and and letting you slide. He's not going to do that. And so it's bad enough when you know that people are totally lost, but then when you see your brothers and sisters who, you, you, who believe that they are doing okay, not really following Scripture, it really makes you sad. So in knowing a lot, sometimes it's like, um, you know, King Solomon said, sometimes the knowledge that you have, you might be happy that you have knowledge, but it also makes you very sad when you know the whole story. And so I can tell that it has affected me in the last number of months that I've watched people that I truly believed were good people be destroyed by Satan. And, it, and, it's, and it's very sad to me. It's very sad to me. So, yes. Perilous times, and it is. I think I, I mentioned that last time we were on was that there was a lot yeah. of mental health problems. The numbers of emails that I get from people and the seriousness of what's happening in their lives. I mean, it's people that I know, it's people that I don't know, it's people in different parts of the world 
because I get emails from all over the world, and it's everybody suffering with this. And you can see humanity suffering at the hands of satanic forces, and it's getting it's getting worse. It's really getting worse, and um, and we know that's what's going to happen. So, in in my life, I'm happy. I'm, I feel blessed, um, but at the same time, I'm very sad by the things that are happening. And that, I, you know, I want to save everybody. My whole intent is please don't do anything wrong. You know, don't be doing something, you know, at midnight when Jesus decides to come back. You know what I'm saying? And miss the boat. I, I just um, I just have a calling to try to make people wake up, you know, because I want them to realize that their soul is their greatest asset. And if you don't protect it with your life, with your thoughts, with your actions, you are not going to make it because that pathway into heaven in Scripture says it is not a traveled pathway like the pathway to hell. It's wide open. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. The um, the, the Tommy Hicks vision of uh, 1963, um, Jesus, amongst many, many, many other things that happened during that massive vision, there was a scene in the vision where Jesus was walking along to one believer, to another believer. He was going down a row. And one, he would walk up to one believer, he would hold out his hand to that believer, and that believer would pull away from Jesus and, and go back into the darkness. He'd go to the next believer and hold out his hand, and that believer would take his hand and follow him. He'd go to the next believer, mm-hmm. and the next believer would pull their hand back and fade back into the darkness. So, so where we are in the grand – oh, and by the way, that what you just said about wanting to save everybody and everything – the Lord gave me a word on that. Um, I'll just cut to the chase for, for the sake of time. So the word gave me a Lord on that. I was going through that myself. I was very bummed out. And I said, I was basically said to the Lord, Lord, I can't keep on doing, you know, I've had many of these times where or I said, Lord, this is just isn't working. I'm, I'm so distressed. Lord, I am so distressed. Because in my world, when I see, when anybody sends me an email and I see that I'm not getting through to them, it gives me intense grief. And because I know that they're they're just not getting what they need to get to get to where they need to be to deal with the stuff that's coming. And um and that gives me great, great grief. Very sad. Almost at the point where I just yes. want to give up. And the Lord said to me, it wasn't utterly audible, but it was darn close. And he said, I you didn't come to save the world, I did. Exactly. That's what he said to me, and I said, Okay, I get it. Just show up for work and don't take it personally. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just you got to do. You got to turn off. The, well, I, mean, I have to turn off the it, Johnny it, Empathy sponge. You know? Yeah. Well, it tells us, you know, that you know, if we can do what we're supposed to do, is is that you know we are supposed to give the information, but that to save somebody is up to him. The blood is off our hands as long as we tell them what's what needs to be done right. But I think it's just our human nature, and I think as a woman, sometimes you're you're compassionate and caring like you would be with a child or whatever. You kind of have that ingrained in you to want, you know, for nobody to suffer. Um, it, it is a very difficult thing, but like you say, that's exactly what Scripture says. It, as our watch, as watchmen on the wall, we are to explain it, to share it. And then like he told his own people, if they don't turn, you wipe your feet and you leave. Exactly. He didn't, exactly. He, he didn't ask them to cry or beg or yeah. cry. I mean, yeah. carry on. You know, he said, wipe your feet off and leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, but we, it's, we, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. 
it, yeah, it it's is. a hard it's thing very, to do, especially if it's somebody that you know and somebody that you care about or somebody that you love or somebody that you know that loves somebody that wants them to change. Then it gets into – it's like being a counselor where they tell you to be empathetic and not sympathetic. It's a great – it's easy to do as long as you don't know the person. You can, <laughs> you can stay pretty empathetic. But when it's something that you are attached to, the sympathy, the sympathetic part does kick in. And that is something you're, – you're, I mean, you're totally right that, that God does not expect us to have that sympathetic nature. It is to be empathetically telling God's word. And if they do not choose to listen – then you have done all that you can do, and you know their blood is off your hands. But yeah, it's you a hard get thing to, to do, and I know you know that. Yeah, you got to get to a point. This is just my walk, but you got to get to a point where you're not taking it personally. Because if you get to a point where you're taking it personally, it will drag you down. You'll get sucked into the whirlpool, and then you will become an ineffective <laughs> right. witness. Zen, it's true. I know. I've been there, done that. Zen, what are your thoughts on this? Well, for all of us especially, you know, us three, we we take the Ezekiel parable of the watchman serious to our lives, and we've dedicated our every fiber of our being to manifesting that role in our lives. But yes, we, Christ is Savior. He is Messiah. He paid the price. Um, he came in and allowed them to spit on him, to mistreat him, and to conspire and to murder him. And he could have called the angels down to destroy them at any time and any second. But he knew that all of it was fated. It was all meant to be. And, you know, um, Father... Let your will be done, not mine. And he, you know, he, he endured, and he, as we are called now to do. And but the burden of knowledge um, to hold and to be a keeper of the secrets is no easy thing. To, That's right. Yeah, it reminds me like of uh, Jeremiah and Baruch and Daniel and the prophets that knew uh, Jerusalem was going to fall because of the sin and the wickedness of the people. But that didn't stop them from trying to encourage, trying to implore the people to make a change so that they would not have to suffer the wrath of those things that were about to come uh, and that you know the temple being destroyed the nation wiped out the people dispersed to all the ends of the world um, that can't be you know a good thing for what was basically a, you know like an extended family they were extended family as we are when we come together in the work that we're doing with all of those that listen to us, that give attention to the work that we're doing and that are also serious in their walk with the Messiah. They want to 
go the narrow way. You know, they truly want to follow and be a vessel of honor to to help in serving the kingdom and being a foot washer to others and helping them to prepare and helping them to understand the things that are coming. But, you know, most of the world cares not, has no concern for the things of uh, a spiritual nature. They don't even understand the war. They don't understand the enemy. Most of them doubt in even their being uh, intelligent design and a creator behind the a higher purpose uh, for every aspect of the creation. They do not see the signature of God in everything from the macro to the micro. Uh, and they, you know, a lot of them doubt and deny a judgment to their actions that there's going to be repercussions to the things that they do they want to indulge in evil and sin uh, and they want to continue to behave in such manner and it's unfortunate because it, it seems like things are just getting even worse and even worse mm-hmm. you know we're in those times where it says uh, let them be evil and and be evil still and those that do yeah. good let them do good still um, but you know for those of us that are watching slowly the you know the women in travail we're seeing the designs of the new world order the coming of the antichrist the movement towards evil the turning of everything upside down the normalization of abomination, those things are difficult for us to endure, to to knowingly, you know, withstand and to have the world go along with all these things when it it cuts us deeply. You know, to understand that, uh, you know, there's all these pedophiles working in the world and um, mm-hmm. there's so much just, evil you know they even with the agenda of the the guidestones the new world order the elites and the things that that we we know that they're involved in even victimizing their own children i mean how sadistic mm-hmm. you know how, uh, um and yet this is the reality of what's going on in the world i i remember reading just um a little bit ago because i've been rereading the great commission three which is a book that we put together on all of the apocalyptic narratives and many that uh, most people have never heard about, never had a chance to read. But in the Apocalypse of Abraham, it talks about how in the temple that the priests are sacrificing children and abusing children on the altars and, you know, the Holy of Holies and these sacred places where it's supposed to be a, a... a worship and an honor and a a prayer to the Most High, and yet they are doing these abominable things and making a ritual. You know, they're they're making it holy um, in their satanic Freemasonic orders that to sacrifice children and to um, take blood oaths and to kiss the rings of you know the Pope or whatever person is. Uh, in charge in these sadistic orders. 
it, it is it's abominable. I mean, there's just no other way to say it's abominable. And it is difficult for, again, for those of us that know, that see. Um, we just started a new study on the Illuminati secret covenant and the protocols. Justin and I just finished the book of Revelation going chapter by chapter and verse by verse through that and we just started, you know, going through the the secret covenant and most people don't even know about and they think, you know, these writings are all um just a, a hoax and um just disinformation. And yet when you read them, having been written so long ago, they place us exactly where we are in this time and this age and they give the the blueprint, the plan that a lot of the elites um, uh, have been working behind and, you know, with the secret societies to bring forth what they are now bringing forth. And again, we're, we're trying to sound the trumpet to make people aware, to give them an opportunity to most importantly to, you know, to get on their knees and to repent before the Most High and to ask for forgiveness and to ask uh, Christ to come into their hearts and to be their Savior. And still, you know, the um, the elect is but a few, and that sometimes is discouraging, but, you know, we still must do what we can while we have time yet to save even a single person you know and i think one of the things that helps us to keep on at least it helps me i I can't speak for other people but one of the things that helps me out is i see you know like you can say something to somebody this happens to me all the time with my family where and i mentioned this before where you you'll you'll tell them oh no 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 that that's not actually happening like like i had this happen to me with with my one sister and she was like giving me the western narrative on the ukraine situation she's like well russia cut off all of the fertilizer and russia did this and russia did that and russia 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 and i said and, and she goes and i said well it's not really that's not really what's happening and um and she goes well if it's not happening then how come russia didn't come out and tell everybody what they were going to do up front and i said they did i said they did but they got cut off nobody's they're not allowing the, any of the information that russia russia sent their ministry of defense the, the head guys uh jogu he he did a i think it was a two or three hour um a dissertation with a microphone in front of the united nations on what they found at all of the bioweapons labs in the ukraine and it was impeaching it it was yes. horrible stuff and he very carefully showed on the projector on the screens live video evidence of what they were doing the equipment that they were making the bioweapons that they were designing that could kill babies and they could actually cause they, they've even figured out how to uh, put it on put put the bioweapons on the bottom of a container of a uh, you know of a drone and fly them over cities and then open them up and drop the anthrax or drop whatever it is down on the cities and kill millions of people babies and everything, and 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 they right. and Shogu Shogu's right there, and the United Nations, and the whole daggone United Nations building is like empty. He's like talking to nobody, and I'm like I'm like you know there's like three or four people in the audience, and I'm thinking to myself, 
Holy moly. And now you got Bulgaria. I forget the list, but the list is growing in the EU right now. I guess you guys know this. Every week, there's more and more people, countries that are members of NATO that want to pull out of the sanctions. They're like, forget this. This is going to destroy us. This is going to ruin us. You heard it, right, Joy? That's right. Yes, I have, and I've been doing a lot of research on that because – the, like you said, people don't understand that Russia and Ukraine situation is not about Putin being a mean, mad, crazy dictator. This has got things that go back, and, and you know, I was bringing these things to the table a long time ago in, in both my books, Eden, the Knowledge of Good and Evil 666 and the Beguile series. What people don't understand is there is a type of Jew that is inside these countries that are Kazarians, and they're tied to the secret societies. And during this situation with Ukraine, it, people do not realize that really Ukraine became a second homeland for these Kazarian Jews. And so the fact that they're doing this kind of thing in those bio labs right next to Putin, he has got a major, major problem with that. And it's, it's like Israel is, is at his back door. And that's what people can't get in their mind. When we think about Israel, we think about the poor Jews. We hear about the poor Jews, bring them back to their homelands and that kind of stuff. But even the Kazarian Jews are being forced into Poland, which really was always a significant uh, Kazarian Jewish community in the world going back a thousand years ago. So what we're dealing with is the Gog and Magog situation that's setting up the difference between the European bloc and the Asian bloc. Of thought process, and they're hiding behind these these situations and not really bringing it to the forefront as to what the war is truly about. But the Kazarians were very involved with it with Hitler, and that was your like your Rothschilds. And when Hitler was supposed to be killing the so-called Jews, he was only killing the pure Hebrew uh, Sephardic Jews and not the the uh, the Kazarians, because what happened was he allowed Kazarian Jews, who he had actually let out of his country, to go to Israel to actually help make the state of Israel a possibility, were the Rothschilds. You know, now if he was killing all Jews and he was keeping them, why did he let the the Kazarians get out to do the bidding to get the chance to run the state of Israel. And what happened a number of years ago, I mentioned that they started doing some DNA genetic testing of the Jews that are running Israel. And what they found out is they're Kazarians. In other words, probably we are more Jewish than they are. So there's a real significant problem as to who is the synagogue of Satan. And like you were mentioning earlier, what people don't understand is that both of these processes, it's like I was trying to say, when you start talking about the Battle of Armageddon, the Gog and Magog War, you are really talking about the kingdoms of the world coming together to fight over this particular piece of property. And, and what it is is that everybody that's in that war is from the seed of evil. And so they're trying to make it look like, you know, Republicans and Democrats with two different sides and facets going on. But in essence, they're all from the same root because the European bloc will be run by the Antichrist. I mean, it will be that resurgence of the Holy Roman Empire with uh, no doubt the countries that were part of the British uh, Empire that he will oversee. 
And what people don't understand is the Windsors were Germans who were a part of all this thing with Hitler and how Germany is being brought into the mix between all of this and how the blocks are setting up. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. I, I'm trying to work on a book, book right now that will reveal all of this. I mean, it's like, okay, I, I, every day there's more information about it, but you can clearly see that the kingdoms of the world are all controlled by Satan. There's no such thing as, as the good ones and the bad ones. It's all about a play to get us as commoners totally in 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 a situation that they can kill us and eradicate us. I mean, that is exactly what the the Godstones are saying, that they got to bring the masses down because Earth can't sustain itself. So all the work that I'm doing right now with Elon Musk, with the Earthshot Prizes, with um, Prince William, with uh, Klaus Schwab, and people don't even realize that they're connected to him, and how the money is flowing from private companies to make all of this stuff happen with these Starlink satellites that they're putting in orbit. I mean, they, they're just putting them up there every day. Uh, Musk's uh, rockets and stuff are taking those satellites to really connect to this interface that he's developed called Neuralink that is literally going to connect all these people together. So, I mean, it's like you can't – there's so much happening, and I know you said this earlier, that you could just keep talking and talking because it is truly biblical prophecy coming – it's coming together so fast, and like even Zen mentioned, like a woman in travail. We are in these days with even me doing this research, trying to get things ready to put in a book. It's happening so fast that I'll get something written, mm-hmm. and I've got to go back and add more to it and more to it. And I don't want like a 300-page book. I want it to be where you can read it and get it. But it is literally a situation where evil is ruling the world, and they're going to make it look like the good against the bad, but it's the bad against the bad, and that's why Jesus Christ has to come and stop everything because if it doesn't, according to what Scripture says, no flesh is going to survive this because they want to put everybody they can in a synthetic body with connections to artificial intelligence into a Neuralink that is going to control you like a beehive and make your brain actually work as a robot in a universal consciousness. It is yeah. absolutely amazing. Oh, it's, 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 it's amazing. absolutely beyond, it's beyond amazing. It is beyond amazing. It's perfect. You, it's perfect you, cannot wrap your hand, you cannot wrap your head around it. It is phenomenal, and right. there's no doubt in my mind that you were beyond any shadow of a doubt in the entire world. You know, you, you in particular, Dr. Troy, uh, have been at the very, very cutting edge of that. But you know what I really love? I love this, and I think you guys will get a smile on your face. So, so it's funny, and it's it's funny in a weird sort of way, and I love it. And and Zen, you you put it very eloquently in your opening remarks that we essentially. We fail to see the purity. We fail to see how God's hand is involved in virtually all of these things. And um, and I always tell people, 
you know, like, for example, if you wanted to be really super-duper hardcore about things, which would be not in your favor from serving God, you would say things like, well, the fallen angels in the Book of Enoch gave us all these technologies and algebra and the Sumerians and this, that, and the other thing, so I'm going to rebel against all that evil, and I'm going to get myself a little cabin, build it up in the middle of uh, Saskatchewan, and I'm going to cut myself off from society. I say, no. I say, instead, take it back from the devil, take it back from the devil, whatever the technology is, and use it for the good of the kingdom right now now let me tell you what happened i love this i laughed out loud i was like ha, 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 because they were trying to cut russia off from the internet they're trying to do everything mm-hmm, they, can right. to start, they want to start world war three well guess what russia and the russian military has tapped into elon musk starlink systems and they're using it against them <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. like, hallelujah thank you jesus so, um, uh, and then, the, oh gosh, and then the whole Elon Musk buying Twitter thing. I, you know, I, I don't know if oh, any yes, of this. Yes. You got to ask yourself the ulterior motive question. It's that whole 33 levels of the pyramid problem you have. You know what I mean? You'll look at it oh, and yeah. you'll say, well, that's good, but then you wonder, how good is it? Is it, is it you know, because a person who's at the 30th level of the Scottish Rite thinks they're doing good things. Because they haven't figured out what they're doing at the 80th <laughs> right. level yet. You know what I'm saying? That's right. They're their Luciferian light, and they don't know it. Right, exactly. Oh, so it's like, you know, Elon, you know, it's like with, you know, I even think sometimes, you know, that Trump is probably at some level of evil that he is even ignorant of. You know, and you've, you all have heard, you, you all have heard about that organization in Washington, D.C. called uh, The Family, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got photographs of Trump and several Trump, Pence, and several other major, you know, players sitting there at the tables in the family meetings at, in that in that building that they have in downtown D.C. where the family headquarters is set up, and that is evil. That is super evil. Well, the the, the thing about this all, John, it's like when you said that they pushed Russia to do this to make him go to the satellites. They're wanting that. It literally is setting up everybody to get connected to that Starlink. I mean, Sweden just put all of their uh, uh, new, I guess, uh, airplanes are going to be doing Starlink stuff. I mean, this is something that is literally going to be worldwide. You can't get away from it, and that's what they want. But, the, you know, the intent, even in the Ukraines, when they could not get through on their internets because of so-called bombing, they all started connecting to Starlink. So... It's like a Hegelian principle. If we can't get you to, to do it like this, we're going to cause a crisis that forces you to take that, and it makes it look like it's a good thing, but actually they're setting it up for it to be a bad thing. So yeah, and, the whole you know thing is to get everybody connected to it. Yeah, that principle, though, that principle – look, I don't care. Any Born Identity movie that you watch, I don't care which one. Take your pick. Any one, I'm a big, big fan of uh, you know, t- super-duper ultra-black ops types of movies because I know as a fact that they're telling you exactly what is really happening. As a matter of fact, Robert Ludlum, <laughs> right. Robert Ludlum was murdered be. in his home. 
he's the author of all of the Born Identity uh, books, Robert Ludlum, and he was murdered in what 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 the uh, news report called a quote suspicious fire in his home in Naples, Florida, which basically means they burned him yes. to death because he was giving out too much information. But um, but well, yes. the same thing that happened to Mozart, you know, he, oh, when oh, he when absolutely. he revealed some things in the magic flute, the magic flute thing that he did, absolutely. he was totally blackballed because so he point- was letting out information they didn't want out. Absolutely. So my point is this. The point is when you are aware of how the the evil the, I call it the global satanic crime syndicate. I, I think it's a lot easier to say that than it is the Windsors, all of the Blue Bloods, all of the people in the Black Folk. Right. You know, when you list them all out like that, you know, the, the Tavistock Institute, the Committee of 300, when you list them all out, it takes an hour That's to right. get them out. I just call them the Global Santana Crime Syndicate, and it's done. But the point is this. In all those movies, all of them, there's a, there is a repeat plot theme that occurs in them. And it is the, the bad guy gone good goes in, breaks into the headquarters of the evil geniuses, and takes their technology and uses it against them. It happens time, exactly and, right. time and time again. And you know what? We Christians, same deal. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? We, all we need to do is, hey, hey well, we got cut off from the Internet. Look, I know how. I, I work in cybersecurity. If they cut me off from getting the information I need from overseas, I know how to bypass it all. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I'll use their technology against them, and I will ride encrypted channels through proxy servers, uh, you know, located in Johannesburg, Africa, and I will get access to the servers that I want to have access to, and they won't even be able to see me doing it. Praise God. But anyway, um, Zen, what are your thoughts on all this wacky craziness? Well, you know, again, and we've been talking about this for weeks long and trying to help people to understand is that, it's a controlled opposition, you know. We uh, even when they come together in the G8s and G20s, you see the the secret hand signs and the secret That's handshakes, right. and there's a there's a, a plot behind everything. Uh, and the I the you know the Illuminati pyramid on the back of uh, our currency, uh, even the fact that they're are depictions and when you fold and you know you bring forth the message that is on the currency that shows about events that have happened that have been orchestrated you know false flag uh, attacks um, Washington New York you know there's even one that hasn't yet been fulfilled about um, uh, the waves you know coming um, from Miami, that part of the Illuminati pentagram hasn't yet been fulfilled, um, but this is another aspect of the agenda. So there's there's a greater purpose that is being played out in the New World Order, and we see that the Beast Kingdom and the Antichrist is come, coming to be the head of the power for this agenda, and that this will be, you know, the the final as far as the push for the the Iman Mahdi and uh, the Antichrist and all those that are um, of these Freemasonic and secret societies, the you know the Ascended Masters and um, uh, the Great White Brotherhood, uh, all the New Age lingo and all that, it, it it's all the same when you 
understand the plot that is being uh, perpetuated in that humanity that we're being led to, you know, the whole childhood and the overlords and, and all of that. Um, there's a spiritual war being played out, and and unfortunately, most of the world does not have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the mind to understand. They don't even read what's in their Bibles, much less, you know, like the books of Enoch and uh, those things which bring greater clarity to the whole, whole theme of the Genesis 6, you know, the sons of God, the, the taking the daughters of Cain, creating a race of giants, you know. Uh, there's so much information even about giants that are coming to light, all the skeletons that are being discovered, all the uh, mysteries and, you know, these ancient civilizations and megalithic structures and tunnel systems and libraries and things of that nature being discovered everywhere. And yet people, uh, they just want to watch their favorite shows and eat their uh, microwave dinners. You know, they they don't care to know anything different, anything better. And yet all the mysteries are being brought to light. And the Most High said he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and that those things that have been hidden will be revealed and you know I'm I'm excited that you're working on another book Dr. Joy on myself am working on a couple now as well and I you know we have to keep doing the work of the kingdom in, in sounding the alarm and uh, bringing forth the the secrets of the gospels and helping people to understand the riddles that are contained therein because there are those that do have the eyes to see and those that are seeking guidance and looking for direction and there are very few places where they can really go to find truth and to get answer and so you know we do what we can for the sake of those that um, really appreciate and that understand and that wear uh, the tinfoil hats in affiliation with us. So um, it's just we got to keep keep doing what we can for the time that we can. Oh, yeah, and you can hit it from so many different angles. For example, um, the Lord shows me little, you know, it isn't on a grand, on, on a much more grander scale, which is the uh, Ma- m- m- you know, macrocosm that you work in, and macro slash microcosm that you work in, Zen, uh, in your specialization. But the Lord shows me like little things that are like super helpful to me, and then I'm like, I relate it to people on the show. For example, I've learned, and I know that you understand this as well. I've learned over the years, and I and you as well, Joy, that um, uh, it, that you know, in, in, virtually none of the translations are trustworthy. They're all dorked up, all over the place. They're just dorked, 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 dorked. So I I like to use lots of translations. I like that. I don't. I, I don't. Never, 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 never want to get myself into the weeds. I never want to get myself into the weeds because when you get in the weeds, you don't. You're 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 too busy looking at the beetles underneath the grass, and you don't really see that if you get over the canopy, that you're right there beside the Pacific Ocean because you're stuck in the weeds. So I t- 
try to I always try to stay at the ice you know the uh, space station level when I'm doing um, you know a scriptural uh, exegesis et cetera et cetera because I, I've watched way too many people that are way smarter than me you know do these verse by verse expositions and then they get so lost in the weeds that they don't even see the moral of the story and I'm like going okay you're, this is terrible I don't want to be that so anyway one little example for example you know uh, James five sixteen for for forever and ever the Lord you know um, uh, you know, uh, I've you know I see scriptures, for example, that I don't um, uh, you know um, understand. You know, I look at them and I look at the words and I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, if I read as, and I'm a professional writer, if I if I write 60 pages of of a document, the company that I'm writing it for. They're paying about sixty-five to seventy thousand dollars for that document. I have to write with precision, and I have to know how to conjugate the English language better than anybody. Okay, I actually have a very expensive book here right in my office called the uh, Chicago Manual of Style. And if you buy it, the first revision of it, you're going to pay about a thousand dollars for the book. I buy the older revisions because they're almost as good. But anyway, here here's one example. I'll give you a couple, but this is just too cool for words, and I'll, I'll make it as brief as I can. James five sixteen. The first part of James 5.16, if you look at it from, for example, the New King James, which I like, I like to get the D's and the vowels out of my way, and I like that. Anyway, okay, so in the New King James, the first part of James 5.16 says, Confess of your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Wrong answer. First and foremost, if you know anything, this is where you use common sense. The first thing you should do, in my opinion, when you're trying to interpret the Bible is to use common sense. If you don't have common sense, then you're kind of in a dangerous playground to be to begin with. When you look at those words, first and foremost, you should know what Jesus did, and you should know how Jesus healed people. Jesus was our example, and he is who we are supposed to mimic. All right, so when you know how Jesus heals people, you know right away that this scripture is improperly translated. You don't confess of your sins to people and pray for one another that you may be healed, because that is not how you heal. The way that you heal is silver and gold have I not, but in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and be healed in Jesus' name. That is how you heal. All right, you lay hands on people and you command them to be healed through the power of the, uh, of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That It's all over the Bible. It's all over Mark especially. So that's how you heal. So right away you know that this is strange bedfellows. The word healed is absolutely incorrectly translated. I knew that. So I went in and I pulled out my enhanced strongs. Uh, diction, you know, uh, Olive Tree diction, uh, Dictionary. It's really, really good. And it tells you that the word healed, actually, one of its many possible meanings is to free from uh, errors and sins. And I said, bingo, ding, 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 ding. So what it really is saying here is you, you don't, you're not confessing of your trespasses. What you're doing is you are sharing with your prayer partner the struggles that you're going through so they know how to pray. So when it says, confess of your trespasses to one another, what it's really saying is, Joy, will you pray for me? I'm having a really hard time, and I can't break this stronghold of rotten corn off. Can you help me? Can you help me, Joy? Will you pray for me? Because I'm stuck on, I'm, I'm, I'm watching porn. I can't stop watching porn. Please pray for me. That's what that means. You're supposed to share yes. with the person what you're going through so they know how to pray for it's you. Right. 
And and then you, and, and it's and it's a vibratory response. I mean, it's sound. So here, I'll give you another one. This one this one's actually funny. Okay, so, so and then we'll, we'll we'll jump back. But but listen to this. Okay, everybody knows all the fuss that people have had over the years about you know the Lord's Supper, and there's been all kinds of wacky theories created, and I don't even want to get into it all because I've I've known the Bible so long that the theories I knew were wrong because what they were saying about what was in the Bible had been there all along, and nobody changed the Bible. No, no none of that happened. That's just a bunch of bunk. So anyway, so um, but but you have to be like me and have been studying this all for 20 years, and then you know that uh, you know what they're saying. The words were changed. No, they weren't changed. They weren't. They were never changed. So anyway, so you, so you look in the New King James at, at at our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you know this. You love this. You love this scripture, Joy. All right. So let's take a look at mm-hmm. it again. Let's have a little bit of fun. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give this give us this day our daily bread. And now's when it gets funny. And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. I said, I, I was talking about this on the, on the Friday Night Prayer Vigil, and I said, folks, think about it. Is God forgiving our what? What is he, forgiving our student loans? Is that what this is about? This must be about student loans, because that's the only way that God can forgive my debt. So, it, so I knew right no. away the word debt is wrong. It's the wrong word. It, it was badly translated. It is incorrect. And then some of them will say, like the White Cliff uh, goes back, and he was back with the Bogomils, I believe. I, I have that right. And then so he goes way, 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 way back. And he was the one who um, uh, said trespasses. So then people are That's like right. – of our trespasses is we forgive those who trespass against us. And people are like, well, what's the difference between a trespass and, and iniquity and sin? And I'm like, who cares? And, and people will be looking at me like, what do you mean who cares? Why don't you break out 7,000 lexicons and 50 commentaries <laughs> so you can figure out the difference between the word trust? I'm like, there are 31,102 verses in the Bible, 66 books in the current canon. Don't even get me going on how many that should have been canonized that are in the Apoc- uh, Apocrypha. And I said, and you want me to spend four hours figuring out the difference between the word trans- uh, trespass versus sin? I said, I don't need to go there. I already know that it's a sin. If, look, if you're <laughs> trespassing, it's already a sin. It's a sin. A trespass. A sin. It's a sin. A trespass, a sin. Common sense will tell it's you it's a sin. You know, the key to understanding is to understand the difference between iniquity and a sin, because iniquity is the root cause of many sins. So the best yeah. example I can think of is OSAS, once saved, always saved. That is iniquity. Uh, once saved, always saved is iniquity. It will cause you to sin again and again and again and again because you believe that there's no sh- no chance that you can go to hell, which is bolder. That's down. right. Okay, so that's, that's right. That is a bad situation. Amen. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this yeah, is a, a lot of people example. believing that that they're gonna find different. When they get up against that situation right. for their father in heaven, they're going to find out that that did not cover them. They had, I've seen that. They'll say, well, oh, I messed up. I'm going to pray again, messed up and pray again. I mean, how many times would you, as a father, allow your child to keep coming to you going, oh, well, Dad, I didn't mean to drink last night. Forgive me. Okay, the next night. Uh-huh. Well, God, I, you know, Father, would you please forgive me again? I, I drank. I mean, it, you would, after a while, as a father on this human earth, go, enough. Right. Well, away from me, you worker of iniquity. I know you're not. Right. 
Right. So yes, it's not right. that God won't forgive you. So the, so the example, because I've gone through this myself. So, and, and when you go through something, as you all know, experience is the greatest teacher. So right. to help people who are addicted or have problems with addiction or whatever the case may be, my advice is, is yes. So the, here's the difference. Here's the real difference. The difference is if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul, you truly are in love with our Father. That's where godly sorrow comes in. Now, it is possible to be addicted to something and have a really – or be going through a period of deep, 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 deep depression where you mm-hmm. say, you know, bingo it. I use the word bingo instead of the F-bomb word. You say, bingo it, and you're mad at yourself. You're mad at everything else. You're not mad at God. You, love, you still love the Lord, but you get yourself into a place where you are wrapped in self-pity. You're miserable. You're depressed, and, yeah, you slip, and you go back into whatever that, that, that stronghold or addiction is that you might, might be fighting with at that time. And that is a journey. Just because, you're, just because you are struggling doesn't mean that you're failing. Okay, the trick here that people don't understand is people will take advantage of God, and they will say, because they don't really right. get it. And they will say, oh, well, God's going to forgive me anyway, so I'll just go ahead. I, I know my husband isn't treating me very well, so I'll have sex with these eight different guys and figure out which one God wants me to have. <laughs> and I'm like, What? You can't, you know, you've got to understand if you truly love the Lord and you're fighting with an addiction or whatever, and you made the mistake again and again and again, you know, Jesus told the apostles, he said, you will forgive your brother 70 times, seven times. And our father is seven. You know, there's an entire psalm that is, my mercy endures forever. My mercy endures forever. My mercy endures forever. The entire psalm. The thing about it is this. Godly sorrow is the key. You know, if you and reverently praying, reverently praying. No, you're in tears. You're in tears. Just speaking words. No, you're in tears. If you have true godly sorrow and you're fighting through an addiction, you will cry. That next day, you are going to be bawling your eyes out. I am so you're heaving. You're literally Yeah. Yes. That's repentance. That's that's right. That's repentance. Yes. I would agree 100%, John. If a person doesn't do that, if they're not crying, if they're not fervently praying, if they're not feeling the regret of what they have done and, and seeking that repentance like that, that's just words coming out of their mouths. They don't mean it. They don't feel it. And if they think God doesn't be – he's not able to figure out <laughs> what their heart really is saying, I mean our our vibration from our brain to our heart, and the connection we have with our DNA, and if he's like the great conductor who, who really designed all of this, then you're not fooling him one iota, and you're sitting there going, I'm so sorry I did this, and I'll never do this again, and whatever. And you just keep doing that over and over again. The whole entire time that you're coming and praying to him, he's going, I never knew you. Depart from me. I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen in that situation. Yes. Oh, yeah, Isaiah. Uh, And then I want you to go ahead and close with your comment. Um, But, yeah, like the Lord has been showing me, you know, you got uh, Psalm 68, 18. I'm sorry, 66, yes, verse 18, where it says, if I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Whoa. And then you've got Isaiah. You are not here if you have iniquity in your heart. You've got Isaiah 59, um, which is, uh, and I I don't want to misquote it, so I'm going to it real quick here, 59. Isaiah 59, it says, um, but your, iniquity, your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so he will not hear. Okay, so right. you know, when, this is one of the reasons why I, I, I went through all of this. 
I went through all of this, and 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 believe me, folks, what the key is this. I, I'm just sharing you, giving you a t- tiny little bit of my testimony. Here, here's what happened. I went through hell between the end of 20, 2017 and basically about six months ago. I, I think started getting better. But here's what changed the for me. What really helped me out a lot was when the Lord revealed to me that when you are praying for something, you need to have faith and believe that God's going to give it to you. And when you allow yourself to get depressed and fall into despair, you will take on an attitude, a negative attitude. And that negative attitude, Satan will point from the throne room of God as the accuser, and he will say, look, he doesn't even believe in what he's praying for. He has no faith. That's right. And then guess what? You restart the clock. You're going to have to go through that test. You're going to be up, down, up, down, up, down, three steps forward, two steps back. That'll be what you will live what I went through for years. It wasn't until I said... I know, Father, that you are going to give this to me. I know that I'm going to overcome this problem. I know that I'm not going to be upset about it anymore. I know that it's not going to take me down. I praise you, Father God. I thank you, Father God. And I meant it. I meant it. I meant it with all of my heart. I even said, you are not a man that you would lie. And that means this Bible is true. And that means that I will not have these problems. And you're going to deliver and, 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 and then guess what? It took a while. It took a while, but stuff started changing. And all of a sudden, I was yes. like, wow, I don't feel that way anymore. It was amazing. Well, it's it kind of like the, you think about the Israelites. I mean, he, they went round and round. Here round and round the mountain for 40 years in the wilderness, and they were just, just miles away from yes. the promised land. Same thing. They just didn't right. get it. You know, he wasn't about to put them in the promised land until they got it. And you just think about how many of his chosen people had to die to get the others ready to walk into the promised land. I mean, it's really Mm -hmm. quite serious. And that's where I think people, like you're saying, John, they don't get it. They're praying with their lips. And Scripture tells you that if you pray with your lips and not from your heart, don't you? I mean, people, if they really think. It was coming out of their mouth, and usually sometimes it's repetitious stuff, you know, and all this stuff about, you know, like uh, the Catholics do over and over and over again. It tells you not to do that. It's from your heart, and like you say, there's not really a a format other than that your heart and your mind are fervently involved in wanting Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And like you say, until you speak it. And you speak the word as it is written, you're not going to see any change. You're Absolutely. not going to see any change. And I mean, I know it. people will say, yeah. well, let 10, you know, they'll say, let 100 people pray. And I used to say, no, 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 I don't want everybody <laughs> praying for me because they're going to be praying it the wrong way. So I, I know prayer people that I can call and say, look, I've got an issue. I need for you to help me pray for this. It is not something that everybody knows how to do. What you just described would be some – you would be the kind of person I would call and say, John, I need for you to help me pray for this because you yeah, understand because, the process of prayer, and, and you're not just speaking yeah. whatever into the air. 
Yeah, you got to know. And, and the supportive verse regarding Israel is Psalm 7841, where it says, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So the key to understanding is when you are in that state of mind, when you are depressed, when you are bummed out, when you do not truly believe, because if you truly believe that God was going to give you what you prayed for, no matter how long it takes, you would be praising him every single day. And the example I used earlier in the show is like, if you have the lower half of your leg blown off and you want God to regrow that leg, you're going to be like, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because you know what? You believe that leg is coming back and you are truly happy. You don't tempt God. You don't limit God. Don't limit you God. You never Praise tempt God. For it. Praise him for it. Hallelujah. That's so, right. um, Zen, Zen uh, closing remarks and closing prayer for the show tonight. Sorry, guys. I um, uh, We ran a little over time. I apologize. Um, Zen, did you want to go ahead? Closing remarks and closing prayer for us tonight. Thank you, Joy, very much. Sure. I just want to share a passage from... Fourth uh, Ezra chapter eight, and and he answered me saying, "The Most High hath made this world for many, but the world to come for few. There be many created, but few shall be saved. The elect is but a few." It said, "I will call you one from one thousand, two from ten thousand, and those that you know believe in the whole, once saved, always saved, and believe that they can continue to sin as long as they go to church, and you know." even if they're confessing or whatever, if they're not, you know, really speaking from their heart, if they're not really serving, uh, but they're just doing as I say, not as I do kind of people, uh, it's going to be Matthew 6, you know, away from me, you workers of iniquity, I know you not. So the, uh, know that the elect is uh, but small in number. We are a minority, and so God willing, we will be counted with the wheat uh, on the harvest. And that's something that you, being born again and, um, and being uh, baptized in the Spirit is something completely different than what most of the world is doing uh, in being Christians. And so I think people really need to understand that and know that difference in order to really prepare themselves and to be dedicated to the kingdom and so with that i just pray lord that people can come to discernment on what the word really does say and how the prophets live their lives and and the righteous and that god willing lord that you will count us and number us with the elect on that day that you return to separate the wheat from the tares uh, i pray for everybody and that everybody is serious about their salvation through you that they really do dedicate themselves to uh, a higher purpose and come to understand that there is a, a deeper and greater purpose for our being here in this time um, and so we thank you for uh, always watching over keeping us safe blessing us and I ask that you continue to do so as we um, continue to walk in these times of uncertainty. In your name and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Zen. Um, always my absolute one of my top all-time all-time favorite programs to do with you guys i just love you to pieces and i thank you so much god bless you all for joining us tonight and i just pray that you have a, a just an anointed and blessed week powerfully protected by the holy fire of god all week long praise god thank you so much love you all likewise you too brother 
Love you. All right. Thank you all for joining us tonight. God bless you so much. And we will see you. Oh, uh, this, this Wednesday will be a, um, will be a best of program because unfortunately I got a back slap to keep my job at a manager's meeting up in Atlanta. So anyway, uh, pray for me, please. Uh, Even if it's just a mention, I'll be praying for you as well. Uh, God bless you all for joining you. And we'll see you at the Friday night prayer vigil at 7 p.m. Lord willing. Hallelujah. Thank you all for joining us. Praise Jesus. Good night. Good night. God bless. Good. Oh. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high. Renew our mind. Renew our soul. Remove the scars from our past. And deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Watch us as we dream of I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.